The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. What's up, night fans? Sons of UCF is proudly presented by the law firm of Gordon and Partners. Since 1993, Gordon and Partners have been dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who have been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. It's important that you get legal advice from somebody you trust. So contact UCF alum Michael Hoffman directly if you have any legal needs or questions. Visit their website, fortheinjured.com, or text 407-913-5350 to talk to Michael directly. Don't just trust anybody. Trust the best. And trust the night. Gordon and Partners, for the injured. This is the Sons of UCF, the number one place for UCF sports, with your distinguished host, Adam... Let's all get together and see who can solve the wordle the fastest. And Mike. You know, last year, I think I said about 30 people in the UCF, sons of UCF group. Let's try to double that. Let's try to get 50. Now, here are the guys. Oh, boy. All right. Episode number 206 of the Sons of UCF. We're brought to you by Gordon and Partners, part of the 1012 and Sports Drink family. My name is Adam. And I have UCF Mike with me again for another week, Mike. And this one, not a good week, my friend. No, not at all. I hate doing these episodes. I don't want to do it. We're going to have to do it. People are expecting us to come out here and give them what they want. Just go scorched earth on the team. Drop F-bombs all over the place. Go Joe Pesci style. I don't know if we're going to do that. But it's not going to be a pretty episode. So hang on tight. Yeah, I would say a lot to dissect. Uh, UCF loses to, to Navy 17-14 in what was one of the most pitiful games I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, we can get into the ramifications of this game, if this is the worst loss in UCF history. We can get into all that stuff, Mike. But let me just start off with one simple question for you. WTF, what the hell happened? What happened? What, what happened? We were supposed to crush Navy. We were supposed to, you know, yeah, we knew they were a tricky offense, but we knew we had more talent. You know, we figured we uh, we had been saving up for a year of, of revenge. Uh, we were going to be ready just just to you know steamroll these guys. And once we got rolling, they weren't going to stop us, Mike. And, uh, uh, what, what, what happened? I don't understand. I'll tell you what happened. We fell for it again. Us being the sucker fans that we are, we fell for it again with this team, believing that we were good. We're not that good. I, I hate to break it to everybody. We're just not that good of a team. We've showed it on many occasions now. This is not a championship team. I've said it back after the Louisville game. I, I came to the realization that this is not a championship team, and they've proven it again at home, losing to a Navy team that had three wins. Yeah, they were playing a little bit better this season. They had some closer games. But give me a break. This is a game at home. You're favored by 15 points. Go out there. They didn't do anything in the second half. 
They put up three points in the second half, and it still was too much. We couldn't score 17 points against Navy. Who who was it against? It was uh, the Tulane uh, girl that we had on the live show when she predicted us to score 17 points or whatever it is, and we all laughed at her. 17 points? Come on. Give me a break. No, it wasn't even Tulane that held us. Uh, it was Navy that shut us down to 14 points. Just a pathetic performance all morning on Saturday. Yeah, I got a, I got a lot of thoughts here, Mike. I don't even know where to start. First things first, Gus was really worried about me showing up at 11 a.m. He, maybe he should have been worried about his team showing up, right? He spent all week like, I hope our fans are going to be there. We need our fans. I mean, it, it, it was a little slow developing crowd, but it, it got pretty packed early on. It was loud, uh, but we had nothing to cheer for, Mike. We had nothing to cheer for. So maybe Gus should have been less concerned about me being there at 11 a.m. and worried about his team showing up and being ready to play at 11 because, to your point, it looked like we were sleepwalking through that game. And by the time we realized that Navy had punched us in the mouth, and and at that point, we had we had no response. Like It almost seemed like we, we just came out and weren't really ready to play. The first drive of the game told you everything you needed to know about that game. They kept the ball for, what, seven and a half minutes or something? Uh, just three yards at a time. They had one long run in there and then just converted third and shorts, fourth downs. Um, they leaned on us from the very beginning of the game and there was nothing we could do about it. And they only had to do it. They only did it one other time. There was one other drive in there in the first half where they went down and scored again, another long drive. Other than that, they didn't really do much and they didn't need to. They, they forced a couple turnovers and they played the way they wanted to play. They dictated the pace of the game the whole time in the first, at least in the first half. And there was no answer for it. We, we made mistakes after mistakes. We couldn't execute and couldn't score touchdowns. We kicked a couple field goals, and that's where we lost the game. Yeah, their first drive, 11 plays, 75 yards, took six minutes and 40 seconds off the clock, Mike. I knew we were in trouble uh, very early on. After that drive, we get the ball back. It's 8.20 to go in the game, uh, in the first quarter, rather. Uh, we start off with a, with a false start. right? First play of the game, false start. Alec Collar has been pretty consistent. False start. All right, we're already behind the chains, and we're, we're, doing, we're moving, we're moving, we're moving. We get to fourth and one. At our own 35, and Gus kind of hems and haws and tries to figure out what to do. I think there was a timeout or something in between, and he came trotting out the punter, Mitch McCarthy. And I looked at the guy next to me, and I was like, we're in trouble. We, we, can't, we can't keep giving the ball back to Navy if they're going to eat off six, seven, eight minutes of drive. And we're going we're gonna to essentially that drive took us two minutes, 55 seconds. Right, we we I knew at that point if Gus was going to play conservative and just let Navy have the ball back, and I get that thir- you know fourth and one from the thirty five is is a tough spot, but you can't you, you tell me we can't get one yard with Bowser with JRP with with some of those trick plays Gus has. As soon as we punted that thing in the first quarter, I I sensed trouble right away because I was like, man, Gus is going to try to play ball control. He's going to try to play Mister Conservative, win this one ugly. That's exactly what Navy did. We're playing right into what Navy wants, and lo and behold, turns out I was right. Yeah, in that situation, I didn't really disagree too much with punting. I mean, you didn't want to give them a short field, and all of a sudden you're down ten nothing. Uh, I could, I could understood getting it. You know, you got the ball back anyway. You stopped them, and then we we went down and kicked the field goal. The thing that drove me nuts was the two possessions there in the first half. We have a, a chance for touchdowns. Plumley completely throws behind Richardson when he's wide open. He could have walked in for a touchdown. And on the next drive, you got Harvey who drops the ball right in his hands on a fourth, uh, third down, and you end up having to kick a second field goal. That, to me, that's where we lost the game. 
Yeah, I, offensively, we we struggled all day long. Like, all right, we got to talk quarterback for a second. So, John Rice Plumley played the first half. Obviously, things were not going well. We uh, we we end up uh, with a deficit going into halftime. Well, to your point, it wasn't insurmountable uh, at, at that point. But we end up with a with a fourteen to six deficit going into halftime. Uh, and and the third quarter, Mike Mikey Keene trots out. And I will tell you, first of all, the entire place erupted. I mean, it was standing on your feet, people clapping and screaming and cheering and yelling and and this was this was it man you could feel the spark in the stadium uh kind of take a take hold there but i've got a lot of questions here mike my first question is as follows post game and then even today in his monday presser gus reiterated that Plumley had a shoulder deal that's he gets called the deal with the shoulder he had a shoulder deal and uh you know just you know wasn't you know wasn't feeling 100 wasn't feeling right and they knew they'd have to throw the ball so they went to mikey Keene. if that's the case why did Tron Rice Plumley throw the ball 18 times in the first half if he had some sort of a bad shoulder? He threw the ball 18 times in the first half. He had two rushing attempts in the first half. So you're telling me he has a bad shoulder. We're not sure if he can throw, but he throws the ball 18 times and only rushes twice in that entire first half. I, I'm not, I, I don't know to, what to believe that he was injured or not. I don't know if, if Gus went to Mikey and thought, okay, Mikey's going to give me a spark. And lo and behold, Mikey drives right down the field. We get a touchdown, go to the two point conversion, which Plumley, by the way, threw that in by the way, his shoulder was, was so hurt. And it's 14 all. And after that, we, we didn't do jack squat on, on offense. I have no idea what's going on with the quarterback situation now. Neither one of them played great. Everybody wants to do this. Oh, Mikey's better and JRP's better. They both were. They both were terrible on Saturday. I'm sorry to say, it, they both were terrible. They both had their opportunities. We'll get into Mikey a little bit. He had, you know, four sacks that he uh, he ended up take, uh, taking. We made that number one from uh, from Navy. His name was John Marshall. He looked like Lawrence Taylor out there. That kid was everywhere. Uh, it was just an abomination. I'm like, what the hell is going on with quarterbacks? I don't know. If he's too hurt to throw the ball, he shouldn't be playing. Mikey should have been in from the very beginning. And you game plan all week with Mikey as the quarterback. He said it. I don't know how many times we have two quarterbacks we can win with. Well, if one quarterback's not 100%, go with the other guy. Go with the guy that's giving you the best chance to win. I don't understand why he's Plumley is not running the ball. That's his strength. He ran the ball two times for nine yards. Run, draw some plays up for him to run the ball. It, it made no sense. And when Mikey came in and he went right down that field, man, I was going nuts. <laughs> I think everybody was. You, you could see it in the stadium. It, it was a completely different team. And then I don't know what happened to him the rest of the game. He has that one pass where he's throwing it one way and Baker's cutting in the inside. He's throwing it to the outside. They look like they're not communicating. Uh, he's taking sacks. He, he, he has the, the play at the end of the game where he can run for a first down and instead tries to complete a deep pass and, and doesn't get it. Uh, he, he looked off. Yeah, they, they were both no good. But, I mean, how much of that is on Gus, too? Have one person ready to go, and if yeah. one guy's hurt, then he's not playing. I don't. But here's the thing, and I, I don't know. I guess I haven't watched this closely enough every single time it's happened, so maybe I've just missed it. But Mikey did not warm up. He literally just trotted out of the out of the tunnel. We, they stood on the sideline, and then you know we got the kickoff, and Mikey ran out. I didn't see him throw a ball. I didn't see him throw a pass. Maybe he was throwing in the tunnel or something. I know he warmed up obviously prior to the game, but he sat for two quarters, did nothing. I guess that happens from time to time, you know, where you got to come in a little bit, a little bit cold. But Mikey didn't even do any warm ups. And I wonder how much how much time did he get with the ones this week in practice? You know, was this a situation where, you know, I, I don't know if I should say Gus has mishandled this whole QB situation because. I, I don't really know what his intent was, but is this a scenario where he didn't want to play Mikey because Mikey's got the four games. He doesn't want to use him up right now. Wants to let him red shirt. So does he start plumbly and just hope I can get by with an injured plumbly and 
eager way to a win and then worry about it after the fact and it comes back to bite him you know did did he you know did not put a good enough did he change the game plan because he didn't know how to use Plumley and then you throw Mikey Keene in there and, and and they're kind of off kilter I I have no idea but I part of me wants to wants to blame this on Gus but then there's a ton of execution stuff. If you watch the film back and if you look at some of the plays, there's a ton of execution. There's a ton of stuff where it looks like, you know, especially when Keen was in, that the offense just wasn't clicking, Mike. I mean, to your point, I guess that goes back to coaching, right? Gus has got to figure out a way to, to not make John Marshall look like the second coming of Lawrence Taylor. I mean, I, I, we got to figure that out at some point. No, like, yeah, sure. Okay, so Mikey makes a couple of bad reads in an RPO. Why don't we pull him aside and be like, hey, you know what? That one, don't do that anymore. Like, let's stop doing that one. Like, I, I don't I don't understand any of that. I don't know what's going on with the quarterback situation. And now we're hearing that John Rice Palmy is a starter again against the Cows. He's healed. He's fine. I don't know if Gus put a little magic bomb on him. I have no idea what happened, but now he's he's healed. He's fine. He's a starter. And I'm sure that's all media stuff too, Mike. But this whole quarterback thing all year long has just been a complete nightmare. And some of it is on us as as fans, as people who are in you know, you know the quote-unquote media, because that's all we talk about. But it, it just feels like another situation where we just can't get out of our own way as it relates to quarterback. All year he's been telling us there is no quarterback controversy. You know how I can tell you that he, he's lying and that there is a quarterback controversy? We're going into the final game of the season, and we're still talking about it. And who should be the quarterback? And nobody even knows. Half the people still want Plumlee. Half the people want Keen. Uh, Gus has no idea. He, he, he's coming up with fake injuries, or he's making excuses again. The whole thing's a disaster. The whole and he's ruined it from the very beginning. He didn't name a quarterback until the very last minute coming into the season, and then he has this whole thing happen here the last couple games where Mikey outplayed him and and, and he didn't play again against Tulane, and now he, he comes in at halftime in this game. It, it's a big cluster, and it's Gus is uh, Gus is to blame for this whole thing. Well, yeah, you go back to the beginning, actually, Mike, if you remember correctly, it was early on that Gus said he wants to have a starter named like what, what, one or two weeks into the, into, you know, preseason camp. And here we were like down to the last week, we still had no idea who the quarterback was, right? So since that moment, this entire quarterback thing has been just an up and down roller coaster. Uh, and there are games where JRP looks great. And there are games where he doesn't look great. Like he comes in, it's pretty steady. And then in this game, he didn't look great. Um, so I don't know. Do we have two quarterbacks? Do we have zero quarterbacks? We have people who need to redshirt, people who want to transfer, people who are waiting on. It just feels like we have not done a great job of, of, of adequately handling the quarterback situation, so much so that we have a quote-unquote injured JRP that has an injured shoulder after throwing 18 passes, by the way, leaves the game, and literally one day later, Gus is like, JRP is our starter. I don't, I don't understand. So was he injured? He clearly wasn't injured. He wasn't injured enough to impact it. So at that point, Gus is just saying, Hey, I made a change because I thought Mikey might be better, but he won't say that because then he goes back and backtracks on the fact that he's, you know, he's been basically, you know, with JRP all year long, which is fine. I don't care. Go who you want to go with. But if it feels like Gus is just getting in the way of this whole situation, he's trying too hard to manage everybody, manage everybody's ego, manage everybody's personality, manage his reputation. And this is what we get. We get an abysmal eight of 15 and 11 of 18 out of our quarterbacks, 19 for 33 uh, on the, uh, on the day against Navy. Yeah, I mean, you got to, I guess it looks like the game plan was to throw the ball on Navy because we sure as heck didn't run it. Well, we did run it. We ran pretty good, but Bowser has 10 carries. Harvey was seven carries. We, we ran the ball 24 times. We threw the ball, what, 33 times. That That's not really balanced. And, not, and to have a quarterback that has a, a, a hurt arm to throw the ball that many more times than you run it seems like bad game planning to me. Um, and, and Bowser was averaging six and a half yards a carry. Give it to him a little bit more. Harvey averaging 6.3 yards a carry. Why are we not running it more? 
I know Navy was supposed to have a good run defense, but it didn't look that great. So I don't know what the heck he was doing. Um, yeah, a couple of these plays are on the players. Obviously, you got to execute some things. We mentioned the drop pass by by Harvey, but I mean, to me, I think the game plan just sucked too. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand what. And, and even if you go, you say to yourself, okay, you know what, Navy was coming into this game. Navy was certainly a a team that was stout against the run. So okay, you know, Gus is going to try to dial up the pass a little bit. He knows that JRP is allegedly injured, but yet we're gonna we're gonna put him in to start the game to to run a passing offense. Okay, fine, whatever. You know, you think you can figure it out? You can figure it out. That clearly doesn't work. And then uh, clearly in the second half, Navy had something working where they were confusing our our line and our our backs and tight ends. We were not getting a lot of uh, a lot of protection. Mikey was obviously making some wrong reads at times, and there seemed to be no correction of any of that, Mike. And I think that's the most frustrating part here here are our drives um to uh um to, to start the second half obviously we go down score touchdown we tie it up very next drive three and out uh very next drive after that three and out very next drive after that uh we got one first down and then we had to punt very next drive after that uh three and out so we essentially had you know three or four drives right after that touchdown were three and outs and one drive only had two extra plays because we eat through a first down and we made zero adjustments in any of those drives we did zero adjustments uh, on anything and they were running the exact same defense every time you could literally see it from where I was standing every single time you're like oh Navy's blitzing Navy's gonna blitz off the left again Navy's coming off the right again and every single time they figured out a way to get home we didn't slide anybody nobody blocked anybody there were a few times I saw Bowser get pretty pretty easily abused on a block. Holler looks like he got a weak chip on one that I saw, but we had no answers, Mike. And that's that's the part where I say it's got to be coaching. At some point, figure out a way to put your your team in position to be successful. And it just felt like Gus had no answers for for a freaking Navy defense, like Navy. I know the offense is one thing, right? We understand playing the offense is different. And everyone kept saying Navy's going to do a lot of things. They're going to blitz. They're going to play zero. Gus has been coaching like longer than you and I have been alive, and we can't figure out a way to 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 combat a, a blitz heavy team. We can't find a way to get one person to chip, uh, you know, number one on Navy. I don't even know how big this kid is. If he looked like he was six eight, he looked like a giant out there because he he was all over the place. Yeah, Bowser usually is pretty reliable on picking up blocks. He whiffed on a few of them. Um, the the sacks were killers. The the fumble was probably the play of the game that yeah. gave him the. Uh, short field and they kick the field goal that, and that was it but to go three and out that many times with this offense and these weapons is just unacceptable the defense i didn't think played all that terrible mike i mean i know obviously navy you know navy does what they do but if i told you coming to this game we're gonna hold navy to 17 points you go okay hey you know what's not so bad like you know a lot of possessions are gonna have we're gonna hold them to 17 you'd be okay with that well they didn't play great and obviously anytime navy had third and fourth and one you might as well just move the chains before the play started because they got they picked up that that yards every single time the defense at least held in there now certainly there are plays they could have made and and i think they did more than enough to be able to give the ball back to the offense say okay now you all do something we've made a few stops here so while the defense wasn't perfect I thought like they did a, a decent enough job to give the offense a chance to get on the field and put some points on the board. Yeah, they looked like they did a good job against the the option. Anytime they ran the triple option to the outside, we stuffed them. Um, they, they broke a couple long runs up the middle, one on the first drive, and then I think one on the other scoring drive, and that was it. But they, they did pretty good. The one play that drove me nuts was, I think it was fourth and one coming out of a timeout. They had already sneaked a touchdown in on us and this was like at midfield fourth and one we line up nobody in front of the football just <laughs> completely spread out on the line and they do another quarterback sneak right up the middle first down backbreaker and 
all those little conversions on third, short, fourth, and short were, were just killers. And every time they did it, that, that killed another three, four minutes off the clock because then you knew they were going to run the clock and run the ball every time. And at minimum, you're going to kill another three minutes. So uh, it's very frustrating to play against these guys. But they played exactly the type of game they wanted to play, and we couldn't get them out of it. Mike, they had zero completions on the day. They attempted one pass, and it was incomplete. They had zero completions on the day. They were four for four on fourth down conversions. They were only five of 17 on third down, uh, four or four on fourth down. Conversely, we were three of 12 on the third down. Oof. That's just, that's just not going to get it done for an offense that, you know, I, I guess I just don't understand how we go from being so explosive against Tulane. And I know the styles of offense are different. How we go so explosive against a, a Temple team, you know, how we put together a couple of decent drives against Cincinnati. And we looked like we'd never seen a football before against Navy. Like, why isn't Navy better? Like, why, why aren't they? Why aren't they the conference champion? They look like the best goddamn team I've seen all season. This is the questions we ask ourselves after the Tulsa games all the time. Tulsa is never a good team, and somehow they beat us every time. And same thing now with Navy. Two years in a row against this team, we have no answers uh, on offense. It, it was just a very frustrating game to watch. Um, I, I don't know what the hell we were doing. And we didn't fix anything as, as the game went on. If you had to assign um, uh, percentage pie here, uh, so 100%, what valuation do you assign coaching for this loss, what what blame percentage you give coaches? I give them a little bit more than the players, but I mean the players are not uh, innocent here either. They they did screw up a lot. Uh, the offensive line was bad, giving up those four sacks. Uh, those were backbreakers. Um, but you know, I say sixty forty coaching, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think there were a couple of plays left in the field, but this is where, you, A, you want your team up and ready to play this game. It just felt like from from the moment we had the ball, we were not prepared to play. Uh, B, decisions you make in-game, either if it's who you're subbing in, who you're subbing out, what kind of play calls you're running. Uh, I'm going to try to do one of those XOs breakdown with Andy again. Like, I'm really curious to see what it is that he sees when we put the tape together, because the one thing that we had always, I think maybe fooled ourselves into thinking was that, you know, Mikey Keene had a better connection with the receivers than Plumlee, right? We've all kind of assumed that, you know, I think we basically said as much after both the, the Cincinnati game and, and, the, and the Memphis game, you know, you saw a little bit more connectivity there between Mikey Keene and, and the receivers and they just were off sync. Mikey was throwing a bunch of balls away. There was that one you talked about where I think it was Baker, you know, ran it in and Mikey threw it out. I mean, they seemed like they were off sync the entire game uh, as well. So I've, I've, I'm curious to figure out if once, once we kind of cut the tape on what that shows, because we had all led ourselves to believe that, Hey, Mikey's a better quarterback from a throwing perspective. He's got connections with these guys. These guys want to play with Mikey. They're going to light it up. Uh, and that's not even close to what happened. How windy was it there? I, I think the wind may have played a little bit of a factor. At least it looked like the ball was affected a few times. Uh, Mark Daniels kept bringing up the wind on, on the broadcast a lot. It wasn't that windy yet. You're standing at the top of the cabana. It's probably the Yeah, I mean, there was top. a gust here and there, but it was not a consistent, like, the entire day. It was gusty. I mean, every now and again, you'd get a nice gust of wind, like, blew everything around, but it was not consistent. So, yeah, sure, I guess a few times if, you know, the, the wind blew right as we threw, I could see that. But it wasn't it wasn't something like, you know, all all game long, things were, you know, flying away everywhere. Because it was definitely going in one direction the whole way. Uh, there was even a point at the end of the third quarter where Daniels made a comment, maybe he should wait to to run that third down play on the other side and do it in the fourth quarter with the wind at your back. Um, I don't know if that had any effect on the throws, possibly. I, I don't know. 
Uh, we're not going to do categories for this one, Mike. Everyone sucked. Uh, the two people, though, that I would say I think played really well, Ricky Barber, uh, 13 total tackles. He had two TFLs. He had a sack on the day. Uh, he he was fantastic. My guy, Jason Johnson, was fantastic. He had 12 tackles uh, from, uh, from the linebacker spot. And Colton Boomer, again, two for two on field goals, uh, you know, if it's another kicker, maybe we don't make those. We're even a bigger hole. Colton at least gives us an opportunity. Uh, you know, he's continued to be consistent. So outside of that, Mike, I don't think anybody else deserves an award for anything. No, unless you just want to give out a bunch of Boca Bowls and then that just gets depressing. Boca Bowl to everybody. And so obviously uh, just an embarrassing loss, but somehow we stay ranked, Mike. We're 25 in the AP poll. I don't know how the hell that happened. Somebody somebody clearly didn't. Maybe it was, the game was so early they didn't see it. And they're like, ah, I get you. I'm sure UCFB Navy. Uh, and no one even really realized it. But we somehow, I guess it's that P5 privilege uh, coming back to help us in this one. We stay ranked 25, Mike. But now we have dug ourselves a fairly massive size hole moving forward. So here's what's no longer in play. We can no longer host the conference championship game. That is off the table. That is done. That is not happening. Your next question is, can we play in the conference championship game? Yes, but is the answer. We have to have a lot of things go our way, Mike. First and foremost, of course, is we need to beat the damn cows. We cannot do this again this week. We need to go to Tampa. We need to effectively take care of business. We need a W against the cows so we can worry about all the other stuff right away. But first and foremost, uh, I, hopefully the right team shows on Mike because we, we, we absolutely we cannot lose this game. We have to beat the cows for more reasons than just the conference championship. But we have to beat the cows. Yeah, no, this I've said it from the beginning of the season. You lose this game. It's a fireable offense. The cows have not won a conference game. They have the worst ranked defense in the whole country. They are not a good football team. I don't want to hear any of these excuses. Oh, they, the quarterback looked good. So what? He's played one game. No, you cannot lose this game to this team and end the rivalry this way. Cannot happen. Okay, so we got to beat the cows. So that's first. Then this is when we need a lot of help, Mike. So I've, I've been reading through these things all day. Jason Beatty had a great article on the Orlando Sentinel about this. Uh, our guy Mario has been knee deep into all these little polls to help us figure out what that looks like. So here's the, and I've read through section seven, one, seven, five, seven, four, seven, three, all these other sections, right? Here's the best I can figure it. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, the college football playoff rankings will be released. If UCF is ranked in that college football playoff ranking, and we beat USF, we end up in the conference championship game by virtue of two teams, both ranked, both win. So the loser of Tulsa, I'm sorry, the loser, loser of Tulane and Cincinnati, the other one's out. We leap in there. So if we're ranked, we win, we are in. All right, so it's that simple. So the first hurdle we have to cross is the rankings on Tuesday night. If we are not ranked, right? So now we are not ranked. We still have Houston to deal with as well. We do not own a head-to-head with Houston. We did not play Houston. So the first and easiest thing is Houston needs to lose to Tulsa, right? I don't think any of us really think that's going to happen. It's a home game for, for Houston. Tulsa has not been playing well all year, but stranger things have happened. We just lost the Navy, right? So we need we need Houston to lose. We beat the Cows. We're in because then we own the head-to-head with Tulane and Cincinnati. If Houston and UCF both win, and neither one of us, and Houston probably won't be, but neither one of us are ranked in the college football playoff. This is where things get super tricky now because then you have a four-way tie where there's no head-to-head anymore because we, all the teams haven't played each other. So basically the loser of the Tulane-Cincy game plus UCF plus Houston goes to this four-computer ranking system where they've got these four separate computers that the American Conference uses. One of them is the Kali Matrix. And basically, it's the average of those that decide who the second team is. 
right now as it sits, UCF is third in, amongst those teams in that average. That's after this week's release of those polls. Obviously, if we beat the Cows and one of the top two teams lose to each other, that'll change a little bit. But is a win against the Cows going to vault us up enough? I don't know about all that, Mike. So essentially, we then need computers to rank us ahead of the loser of the Tulane Cincy game and Houston for us to get in the conference championship game. I believe I have all that right. Do you know if I'm actually correct in any of that? I think you nailed it perfectly. All right, perfect. But here, okay, let's start with the first scenario. Need a drink. <laughs> we have to be ranked in the the polls that come out tomorrow, Tuesday night. That's not going to happen. We're not going to be ranked in that poll. What were we coming into this last week? I think they only put us at twenty, right? And they That's had Florida right. State yep. ahead of us at nineteen. Yep. We were at twenty. Yep. We're going to drop five spots. We're out of that poll. I will be shocked if they keep us in there at, at twenty-five. I'd have to, to be fair for anybody. The AP somehow kept us in. So there's a glimmer of hope that maybe these college football play. If people look at the same thing and go, okay, whatever you see at 25 to your point, it's a long shot. I, I think it's no certainty that we're going to be in this college football playoff ranking. The AP also had us at 17 last week while this college football playoff had us at 20. So obviously they don't see exactly eye to eye. Um, the, 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 fo- the playoff people don't see us uh, the same way that the AP does. I'm not expecting us to be ranked in the top 25 tomorrow. If we are, then I'll take it. I'll be happy. It makes it easy. Win and you're in. But it's not going to be that clean. It's not going to be that simple. I don't think. It won't be that easy for us. No. And, uh, okay, so then we got to win. And Houston loses to Tulsa? That'd be nice. And the games are going on at the same time. There'll be a lot of scoreboard watching inside Raymond James Stadium on Saturday night. Um, They kick off 30 minutes after us, which Mm -hmm. could be cool. I mean, maybe we win and we're blowing them out, and then we're, we're and it's a close game over there. Maybe you know it could be a, for a fun ending uh, on Saturday. And we're Tulsa fans for the first time ever. <laughs> yeah, or Houston could just blow them out, and we'll get that update at halftime that they're winning by you know forty-two to three, and you know you can forget about it, like what happened this week against East Carolina. What what happened to East Carolina, by the way? I thought they were supposed to put up some kind of a fight this week, and yeah. they did nothing. Uh, so thanks for nothing, Pirates. Um, the other, uh, situation here where we end up in a three-way tie, I'm not confident at all. If it comes down to that, that they're not going to put the loser of Tulane and Cincinnati ahead of us and set up a rematch the next day, the next week. So I think that's the worst case scenario for us. We just got to hope to be ranked tomorrow, but I don't see that happening. Yeah. If we get down to the computers, in case you're scoring at home, those computers are the Anderson Hester. Everyone's favorite, by the way. The Billingsley, the Kali Matrix, and then the Wolf is uh, where we're at. If you add those up right now, and Mario, again, uh, at Lonely, Bo- uh, Lonely B on Twitter did a great job of this. If you, you look at all the rankings right now, if you do the quick math, we are averaged at 33.25. Tulane is at 24. Cincinnati's at 26.25. Houston's at 46. So, again, you got to imagine with a win, we're at least at that 33 level. But again, we're playing it in for a one in 10 opponent, right? It's not like we're getting a ton of kudos for being the one in 10 cows, where if Tulane loses a close match to Cincy, I can't imagine they're going to drop, you know, 12 points. And I don't know how they even, you know, put these things together. So here's my view. If we have to go to these rankings things, we're screwed. We're done. I believe if, so. if, if this comes out on Saturday and, and everyone's won, and we won't know this until Sunday. So we have to wait the whole next day for all these computer rankings to be updated. So we won't even know until the next day after the game. But if that happens at the end of Saturday, we've won, Houston's won, and I don't care who wins between Tulane and Cincy, then it's all over. There's no chance in hell. Yeah, the it's loser of that game is going to have a quality loss, a top 25 loss at least, compared to our losses against three teams not in the top 25 
Navy, East Carolina, and Louisville. So they're going to have the, the better loss than us. Um, I think, does it make a difference which team loses? So if Cincinnati loses at home, is that viewed as a worse loss? And they're ranked 21 and, and Tulane's 19, right? So they don't have as far to fall to help us out a little bit. So I think we kind of have to root for Tulane uh, to, to help us in this tiebreaker situation. Um, but it's because you would think we would then get a boost because we beat Tulane as well, right? So Tulane will now have been a team that's beaten another ranked team in, in Cincinnati. You would I don't know how the computers work, but you would think then we would get a boost for beating a team that's you know they're going to boost Tulane. So do we by extension get that same boost? Yeah, I, I, our Tulane win will look better. So if Tulane wins this game and they get ranked, I don't know, 16, 17, then our win against them looks good. And it maybe gives us a better resume than Cincinnati. Who, what's Cincinnati's best win right now? Well, the problem is it's, it's going to be the losses, right? Our, our two conference losses, Navy and ECU, are going to be way worse than Cincinnati's, which will be Tulane and UCF. Yeah. Right. They're, they'll have two quality losses. We'll have two shit losses, and that's where we're going to be. Yeah. So it's, if it's coming down to the computers, I think we figured out just now that it's not yes. looking good for us. I, I have zero confidence if those computer thingies have to be used. It's going to work out in our favor. First step, again, is going to be the Tuesday night CFP rankings. If we're ranked, then the win and you're in scenario is at play. Then we're good to go. We win the game against the Cows. Again, nice sweet revenge. And then we go on the road and play one of these two teams again. If we're not ranked, then we need to be big, big Tulsa fans. And if Tulsa doesn't pull in an upset, then I think we just have to say, hey, we'll see you around next season. All right. And maybe the game Friday, if somebody gets blown out, if since if Tulane goes into Cincinnati and does to them what they did to SMU the other night, is that as a bad enough loss to drop Cincinnati far enough? Maybe, um, I don't know. <laughs> I, and that's well, maybe yes, but that's the problem because right? now we're relying on computers to crunch numbers to tell us who's better, right? In that case objectivity is out of the out of the book right really, i don't even know you asked on twitter uh do these uh do these four uh computer dealies uh, anderson hester the billingsley the collie matrix and the wolf do they take um uh essentially the uh the, the factor of, of how big the games were how big the blowouts or how big the score margin was and i believe the answer is no for at least a couple of them i think some uh, it's unknown what they what they take in so score differential i don't know if it matters in some of these areas so if you won 20 20 to 21 if you won 61 to 20 i don't know if the computers take that into account yeah that would be i would like to know what factors these computers actually do use i mean do they use uh, overall team stats for the season, you know, yards given up per game, points per game, uh, margin of victory. It, it would be nice if they can tell us at least, and then we would know what the formula is, and then we can have our, our big nerds figure it out and figure out exactly what score we need to win by on Saturday. Let's call, fact, call on the big nerds. In fact, they're in the, the Cincinnati Tulane score on Friday. We'll know how much they've won by, and then we'll factor, and then we'll go into Saturday night's game saying, hey, we have to win this game by 45 points or more. And then we'll have something to shoot for. And either way, I mean, we got to run up the score as much as possible, no matter what. Even if it, me if it has no effect on the, the computer rankings or not, we have to bl blow these guys out of the water just to make me feel good. Well, here, here's what's interesting. So I, 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 if, when you and I started this show, by the way, if I had told you that you and I would one day be breaking down the Anderson Hester Billingsley rankings, uh, I probably would have drunk myself into a coma. But, but here's something interesting, right? So the Anderson Hester, uh, I don't know if that's Devin Hester. I'm not sure. Cincinnati's 31. We're 35. 
right? So pretty close there. The Kali Matrix, Cincinnati 26, UCF 29, pretty close there. This uh, this wolf thingy, uh, Cincinnati 30, UCF 35. So we're pretty close there, right? So if Cincinnati is the loser and we beat the cows, right, you see opportunity there. This Billingsley nonsense, Cincinnati 18, UCF 34. It's these Billingsley idiots that are really screwing us up is, is the problem here because there's such a wide margin. So the Billingsley has Cincinnati 18, Tulane 21, us 34. Uh, so it's this Billingsley the person, whoever the hell this person is. And it's the average of the four that counts, right? It's not, say we win three of the, the four computers. That does no, no good if there's that much of a difference in the fourth one and they still have the better average. Correct. Okay, so so that's the problem that we need. To, we need this Billingsley to come closer in line here, right? Because even if we can, we can overtake and the Anderson Hester, the Collie or the Wolf. If this Billingsley is still going to be a, a spread of, I can't do math this quickly, but what is that? Twelve? Then then we're screwed, right? We need that spread to just shrink to you know three or four, get pretty close on the other ones, and then we have a fighting chance. How far away are we from Tulane and Billingsley? Uh, Tulane's twenty one. We're thirty four. All right. I don't know who this Billingsley guy is. We have to get in his pocket somehow. No. Yeah. If you if you go to their website, it's just they call themselves the College Football Research Center. Okay. And that's all I got. That's all you get. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who they are. I don't know where they came from. I don't know. I don't know which which computer. I mean, can we get a UCF computer in here? Like, where's where, where are the big nerds? Can we start our own the Suns ranking system next year? I want a, I want a Suns ranking system. I want us to be a tiebreaker. This is how we're deciding our champion, by the way, Mike Oresco. This is all you came up with. I mean, give me a goddamn coin flip at this point. Like, don't give, don't give me these computers. Jesus, <laughs> we need somebody to hack these computers. We're an engineering school. We got guys in here that can do some things with computers. Yeah, that's right. Get in there and hack it a little bit, just to chop up a couple points and you know make this thing in our favor. But you're right. This is why I prefer divisions with you know east-west, and you know exactly who gets in. Head-to-head counts. There is none of this crap, you know, to figure it out. We would be in the same division with Cincinnati. We'd have the same record. We we win. We're in. All this other stuff. I hate the three-way tie. Um, well, it's complicated by the fact that Houston didn't have to play anybody, right? Like, so that's a, that's the thing. If you want to be somewhat fair conference schedule wise, we didn't play the same conference schedules. And so to your point, that's what makes this even more interesting. That's why a lot of people had Houston winning the American outright early on in, in the preseason because they didn't play, uh, you know, Cincinnati or UCF, right? So they, they essentially had the easier schedule. So you can't even really do the comparable here. Now you're comparing Houston's conference schedule versus Tulane's Cincinnati's and ours. Now, again, Houston's probably not going to matter much. I don't think they're going to get in. They're going to need um, something catastrophic to happen. I don't, I don't see how Houston gets in at all. I can't, if we can't figure out a way to get ourselves in, because even if we you know, lose to the cows, um, Houston's not going to get ranked in the CFP. So they're going to lose this same head-to-head matchup on the computer rankings at this point. So I, I mean, Houston's you know, not even really in contention. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know the scenario where Houston gets in. I, I, think even, I can't even figure that out. They would need us to lose giving us a third loss, then they would have to have Tulane beat Cincinnati. So Tulane gets in and then it would just come down to them and Cincinnati, which didn't play each other and they'd have yeah. to be, end up ranked higher than Cincinnati. I think that's the only way they can get it, but I don't know how they're going to end up ranked higher than Cincinnati. Higher than Cincinnati. Yeah. I have no idea how that, <laughs> how that's going to happen. Right. Like if their, their rankings are even further off we're, we're, we're 34 in this Billingsley and since since he's 18, Houston's 47. And so they're they're almost a thirty spot away from uh, from Cincinnati if we're going to go to these stupid computers. Yeah, they're not getting in, but they may be keeping us out. 
All right. All this is to ask, Mike, you are of uh, anybody that I know, probably one of the uh, the best UCF historians that's out there. Is this the worst loss in UCF <laughs> history? It may be the costliest loss in UCF history. Is this the worst loss in UCF history? We asked this every loss this season so far. Is this the worst one for Malzahn? Every time we ask the question, the answer seems to be yes. It keeps getting no, worse. I'm not saying Malzahn. This is no, clearly Malzahn's worst loss, right? You think? I think so. Well, East Carolina was bad. <laughs> I mean, even after that, that we Carolina rebounded. Game, yeah. I mean, but you win that East Carolina game, this game doesn't even mean anything. We could afford to lose this one. But this one's at home with everything that was on the line. Championship game at home. Forget getting to the championship game. We'd be hosting the championship game. All we had to do was win and then win this week against the Cows. Worst all time. I mean, you want to say the Hawaii Bowl? That I mean, there's some options. Bowl game. Yeah. And you lose it on an extra point in overtime. That was bad. Heart like there's heartbreaking losses, last second losses that hurt. Yeah. Um, but for the the ramifications of this game and what it I mean, meant, there's 64 12, right? 64 12 is yeah. certainly a scar. Um, yeah, there's the Yukon loss in what 2014, which you can say cost us another BCS or uh New Year's Six game that Crosses that lost too. too. We could have we could have gone to one that year, um, so that's a tough one. Hmm. I mean, for I mean, you want to say losing to to just schools you should not have any business losing to, like Furman. Furman is, that, there, is yeah. this a worse loss than losing to Furman? We got the, the fifteen the fifteen nothing loss at UAB. Yeah, that was a disgusting one too. How about the first loss to FIU down in Miami when we yeah. just coming off the uh, the Boston College game when we think we're good. Coming off the Liberty Bowl win, and you, you go down to Miami and lay a clunker. I don't know if this is a lot. Well, it's, it's going to depend on what happens now. If we still somehow get into the championship game and win the championship game, then the answer is no, because really then the loss didn't do anything. So I guess it, if this loss does keep us out, then it's a very possible. It's possible that you can say yes to that question. Well, it's going to be costly in some respects, right? Because we're not going to get any revenue from hosting the conference championship game, which we would have gotten. And again, I don't know how much that equates to, but we lose out on that because of our loss. Now, I believe Coastal Carolina is potentially in the line now to be the group of five representative at the Cotton Bowl. So essentially the entire American conference loses out on that Cotton Bowl paycheck uh, unless, again, they lose and somebody else hops in and UCF gets a share of it. But either way, um, I think we lose out on that one, right? Lose out on the chance to, to put a conference championship on the board the last year in conference. Uh, you know, Gus's first conference championship here with UCF. We're the future of college football, Mike. We had a stable full of recruits on the field on, on Saturday, all potentially thinking about coming to UCF, itching to sign with UCF. And then we put up a clunker on Navy, and now our kids rethinking their decision, right? These are kids, right? They're going to do stupid stuff. We did have one commit today, Jason Duclona, uh, who uh, um, decommitted from Rutgers a while back, has committed to UCF now, a three-star um, athlete. I think he projects to play in the secondary. But Bunch of kids on the sideline potentially thinking about signing with UCF and all of a sudden we can't beat Navy. And is that looking so good? Mike, this this could go down as the costliest loss in UCF history. Could be, but I think we have to see how the rest of the season plays out. The one funny line I did see is the future of college football couldn't figure out how to stop the off an offense that's 120 years old or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a bad one, man. But I guess we have to see if we get it. And Let's be honest. Do we deserve to be in the championship game? Do you, do you think we would go into Cincinnati and win a championship game 
over there. Can we just just end the season with the cows? Blow out the cows. You know, you feel you feel good. You end the rivalry the right way. You get left out of the championship game, and that's it. Save me an, uh, an, another embarrassing loss on the road to Cincinnati, which is probably would be what would have happened. Yeah, uh, actually, my next question on the sheet is even if we get to the conference championship game, like we're talking like, okay, we get to the championship game, we're good. We still got to win that thing on the road, uh, which, again, we have not proven to be a a fantastic road team. We had two really nice wins this year in Memphis and Tulane. uh, So maybe there's some some DNA there. Which of those two would you rather face, though? Would you rather go back to Tulane and play them again? knowing that obviously how we handled them last time, would you rather go up to Cincinnati? And look, I know Cincinnati is not the same Cincinnati, but they ha- they're they going to be a tough out. Like they're, while they may not be as talented, that's a team. It's a coaching staff. That's a head coach. They know how to win. They win tough, big games. They're, they're battle tested in some of these areas. I, Cincinnati scares the bejesus out of me because I just think that they just have the DNA that on their home field with a chance to win, that they're going to be re- a real tough out. I, I think I'd feel better about Tulane in that sense. But again, now they're going to have a, an entire game film worth of, of, of tape to look at. And can we replicate what we did against them last time? Will they drop as many balls as they dropped? Will they make as many dumb mistakes as they made? Who the heck knows? No, I think we lose to both of them. I think if we get to, somehow computers put us in or whatever it is we get in, we go on the road and we lose to either one of those teams. I think Cincinnati will have, they will all coach us and they'll be at home. They'll, like we said, they're a championship team. They know what to do, what it takes to win. I think they would beat us. Tulane, really, you go back and look at the second half of that game. They kind of figured us out a little bit. Um, you know, are we going to be able to run on them like we did in the first half of that game where we were plumbly had 120 yards in the first four minutes of the game? No, I don't think that's happening either. So I don't feel like this team can beat either one of those teams on the road when it counts for uh, with the championship on the line. So. Like I said, just you know, save me the frustration of going to the den for championship Saturday and you know, getting drunk, wasting another two hundred bucks, and losing. Just you know, don't don't even put us in the championship game. This is not a like I said at the beginning. This is not a championship team. Championship teams do not have quarterback controversies going into the last week of the regular season. Championship teams don't fire grad assistants during the middle of a game and then have that guy go and give their playbook to the to an opponent the next week. You know, this is not what championship teams do. Championship teams do not lose at home as a 15-point freaking favorite to Navy. This team does not deserve to win a conference championship. I'm already resigned to the fact that if we don't get in, fine. We don't get in. We don't deserve to get in. Yeah, I guess here's the here's the problem, Mike, is I feel like we we put on our black and gold colored glasses each week and we, you know, we've probably recognized this team has had flaws, right? It's been a flawed team throughout the year. If it wasn't the inconsistency from quarterback play, it wasn't the O-line at times. It was the secondary. What are we doing? It was special teams early in the season. And this team has been flawed throughout the year. And I think after each successive, you know, rebound, we've said to ourselves, Hey, do we fix it? Do we figure it out? But to your point, it feels like whack-a-mole where, you know, we're able to figure out one item and then something else pops up and we just haven't been able to take it over that the entire season. And then the biggest game of the year, all you gotta do is come out and beat Navy at home on senior day, you know, with a crowd full of people that are waiting to cheer you on. And we can't get over. We can't block John Marshall, aka Lawrence Taylor, and we can't. We can't put up more than two touchdowns against a Navy team. Uh, it, it's it's it wasn't even two touchdowns, frankly, right? Uh, but we can't. We can't score more than fourteen points against a Navy team. It's just it, clearly it's a flawed team. There, there's flaws here, and and you know we're not going to be able to overcome games like this. And who would have thought it'd be Navy that sort of was the slap in the face reality? But that's kind of what this turned out to be. One touchdown we scored. One freaking touchdown. 
yeah. against Navy. And that tells you everything you need to know about this team. Like I said, I don't think we deserve to win the championship. We blew it. We, we had our opportunities. We had it all lined up for us. We had everything we wanted. Even with the loss to East Carolina, we still had it set up for us. Win the last two games, one at home, one against the Cows, and we blew it. We blew it, and there's no other way to put it. Yeah, that's a rough one, man. At least you wouldn't have to. At least you didn't go to the game. Like my dumbass. Yeah, I'm so happy I didn't go to that game. Ooh, I didn't even go to the den. I stayed home, and I watched wow. it from my couch. And that was probably the best decision I made all weekend. <laughs> so, saved myself some money. I didn't yeah. even really drink much, which kind of was a good thing too. I didn't have any Bloody Marys, any of that stuff. I um, in the morning I went, had a nice little bike ride workout on the beach. I came home, I had you know a nice protein shake with some oatmeal during the first beginning of the game. I cracked my first beer open at halftime. Right before the second half, I said, you know what? Let me change things up. Cracked the beer open. Mikey Keene came in the game, completed that first bomb, then he completed. I was, I was hyped, man. I was going nuts. <laughs> and I cracked open another beer, probably like right around the start of the fourth quarter, and that was it. And I didn't really drink much at all during that game, which was probably a good thing. I, I don't really know. I'm yeah. I mean, eight a.m. Uh, first beer cracked open for your boy here at the alumni tailgate. Uh, and, uh, we kept going strong, uh, throughout. Cause here's the other thing about that. Like the game was over like two 30. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, like I still had all day now to like suffer with this, with this, <laughs> with like, I didn't want to look at my phone. I didn't want to read anything. I was going to tell text messages. I didn't want to go on Twitter. Like it, you still had, at least if it's a night game, like you just pass on, go to sleep. Like you still had all, all damn day to decompress from this loss. You'll have to go out at night and do something with your family and stuff. It was, it was horrible. I didn't want to yeah. see, I didn't even, I was actually, here's a true story. When we got home um it was like six o'clock when we got home or something right uh we got a bite to eat and uh we, i was sitting on the couch watching uh the tennessee south carolina game uh my wife was doing some work on the computer so i had the tennessee game i'm just kind of watching not really paying attention and uh it was a big moment tennessee was about to go down and score and i saw they put the ucf score on the bottom of the screen and i changed the channel <laughs> and my wife's like why'd you change the channel are they gonna score i'm like i don't know she's like why, why would you change the channel i'm like because i didn't want to see the ucf score again that's how mad I was still. I didn't want to see it on the screen. I didn't want to acknowledge it. I put my phone away. I didn't want to read anything on Twitter or the message boards. I, I, I had to unplug. Yeah, it was too early <laughs> to go to bed. I remember the, the game against Memphis a couple of years ago in 50-49 game. And as soon as Obarski missed that kick, I turned the TV off and I went straight to bed. Done for the day. Couldn't do that this time. At 2.15, I was... You could have, I guess. I, I mean, yeah. I guess, but... I just sat there. I sat on the couch, not moving, just, you know, staring at the TV, not really paying attention to the games, but the games are on. I was just looking at, hoping other teams could be miserable like us. Oh, uh, yeah. T- Tennessee, they had a miserable day. A lot of teams actually yeah. had bad days. TCU snuck one out and they should have lost. Michigan probably should have lost there. Um, Gators lost. Yeah, the Gators lost to Vanderbilt. That made me feel a little bit better. Um, Florida State keeps rolling now. That that was not fun. The Hurricanes got blown out, so I took a little joy in that. But uh, and I, I don't know, man. Yeah, it was terrible. It was a bad bad Saturday. And then you follow that up with the Giants' performance last yesterday. Just a horrible football weekend. The only thing I had on any of my teams that did anything, Ecuador. <laughs> Who would have thought Ecuador yeah, played fantastic in the World Cup? USA gave away three points today, my friend. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> Here's the other thing. It was it was uh, after the game. It was fans in the field. 
Right. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I think typically we were assuming the players, I mean, there's no Alex Ward was out there and that was it. I'll tell you a story. We got down. So obviously we were in the cabana. So we, uh, we walked down the cabana, we went out, uh, you know, down to the concourse and we were going to walk towards the field area. Right. So we kind of take that long walk. I guess we were heading, um, what we would have been towards the South end zone, right. We're kind of going around the South end zone. I didn't even get to where the players get out. And as I got there, there were two players, I don't want to name who they are, who were already dressed and leaving. <laughs> they, they were already dressed in street clothes and they were leaving. They were going into the parking lot. They were done for the day uh, at that point. The people got on a lot of the players. They did not stay in the field for the Navy post game. So you're supposed to stay in the field, obviously, and, and sing the song. Uh, everyone's in the locker room. There was probably like 10, 15 you know, players who stayed for the UCF alma mater. Everyone was kind of getting on gust for that and the players too, but you could tell it was a, it was a dejected crowd. There were very few players. I think that snuck out on the field afterwards. Uh, it was uh senior night. What a, what a terrible, what a terrible day. Just <laughs> awful. <laughs> oh man. It's just awful. Backed up the trucks and turned that it's place terrible. into a parking lot. Um, <laughs> and here's yeah. the thing. I got a phone call on my way uh, on Friday the, before the game with UCF tickets asking me if, I, you know, if I'm ready to renew and there's an invoice in my inbox. Yeah, I got an invoice for you, Terry and Gus, because I spent a lot of goddamn money to go down to this game. And this is the performance I get. I get an invoice coming your way. <laughs> CC UCF Athletics. You're going to get an invoice from me. Send me yeah, they cost themselves a lot yeah, of money. Yeah. They cost themselves a lot of money. Um, I, I canceled my hotel rooms already for December yeah. 3rd. Same. Uh, yeah, I, I canceled I, my I, Dallas hotel room already. I got, yeah, got, got going off the books. We're not going to Dallas. <laughs> we won't be seeing Robert. Um, yeah, the, a lot was lost on Saturday. And, you know, there's really no way to make up for it now. Unless you beat the cows by 100 points. 100 points I want to win by. Otherwise, it's just a, another lost season. If it's not another championship season. We, we said at the beginning of the year. Get to the championship game. That would be successful. I don't know if that's happening. So that, if, if we don't get to the championship game, it's not a successful season, right? It's a bad season. Yeah. I mean, look, everyone's going to say, well, you still win nine games and probably 10 if you go to a bowl. Like, yeah, that's all well and good. But the fact is we're, you know, we're in a position in our last year in the conference. We should be competing for a championship every year. Right. We should be we should be um, competing for a championship every year. And to your point, we have an opportunity to get there, but we really have to kind of backdoor sneak our way into it. We need a lot of help, a lot of luck, a lot of people to vote for us. And we could have very simply just won a football game and taken care of it. If we don't get a championship game, this season is right up there with 2016, 2019, like like the seasons you forget about. Like, who cares, right? We're going to end up yeah. going to some crappy bowl. Uh, maybe you get lucky and get a decent opponent like we did last year with the Gators. Um, but probably not. You probably end up like in the Cure Bowl against Arkansas State or some school like that. And who knows if the team decides to show up for it or you go to like the Boca Bowl against BYU and you get your doors blown off. There, It's just one of those years, right? And um, it sucks. It sucks with all the expectations we had coming into this year. And – coming down to the last two games of the year, having it all there for you and have it ripped away from you. Um, pathetic. It's a kick in the shins, Mike, but um, let's switch to some happy news. Uh, uh, a good announcement here that I can make uh, for us here at the Suns UCF. Proud to let everybody know 
that we have decided to partner with our uh, one of the newer NIL firms that is now representing UCF. That's the Charge On XYZ. Uh, you can find them at chargeon.xyz, Mike. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Charge On XYZ, is uh, they are. Um, a brand new kind of fan engagement platform. They're offering digital collectibles for UCF athletics. They want to reimagine the fan experience by connecting fans and rewarding them for behaviors, content, collectibles, chances to win experiences and rewards. It's really just the beginning. Like you and I had a chance this week, they had a drop of of some new uh, exclusive player cards. I know you and I had a chance. uh, You go into your account, you log in, uh, you essentially buy your pack and you get two cards. There are, uh, there are options available. You can get like a base card or a premium exclusive card. Uh, there are, uh, I think, eight total athletes involved, including John Rice Plumley, uh, Isaiah Bowser, uh, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste. Uh, and so I got my two cards, Mike. I got a uh, Quadric Bullard and I got a Kamori Gamble card in my pack, which are now saved and reserved in my, in my file, Mike. And uh, it's just the beginning for a charge on XYZ. They have a bunch of different things. They have membership passes, which get you free experiences. Uh, I saw, again, this is another week. They had a fan on the field. I saw Patrick Nurse. Congrats to Patrick. He was on the field pregame. Uh, I know a few weeks back, Gianna and Britt were on the, on the field pregame. Um, they've uh, given away some headphones, given away free tickets. Uh, they've got the Isaiah Bowser digital cleats. Uh, a winner has been selected, I've been told, and uh, we may be working on getting some of that stuff uh, brought over to the show so we can show off the cleats and show off the winners as well, Mike. So really cool to be a part of the uh, the Charge on XYZ family. Can't wait to share more about some of the things they're working on. Uh, they have a lot of cool, exciting things, and not just for, uh, for football season. Uh, they are here as well, too. Uh, for basketball and some of the other sports that are coming up too, Mike. So go to charge on XYZ. If you haven't already been there, make sure you sign up. You can sign up for a sort of a free edition or you can sign up for a, a night's membership pass. That's only 25 bucks. Again, you get points, you get leaderboards, you get opportunities to get to uh, some really cool experiences. And again, th- these are cool things like running out of the tunnel, Mike. That's pretty freaking cool. Down the sidelines before again, that's pretty freaking cool. Uh, so they got a lot of options available to you. All you got to do is go to chargeon.xyz, sign up, sign in, uh, log in, and uh, and just do what you're going to do. And you're going to get points anyway. You're going to win. Yeah. If you're a fan of this team, if you're a fan of this school, they're going to give you some opportunities to do some awesome things. Uh, running on to the field, it's, I don't know if it's anything. You can come up with something that's cooler than that. I mean, were you going to put a uniform on and stand on the sidelines during the game? You get to call a couple plays maybe. <laughs> I don't know what else they could even do. That would top that uh, basketball season starting now. I'm sure there's going to be a couple of cool things they're going to have lined up there too. So uh, go out there and check it out. Check out the, the website, sign up and be a part of it. Maybe you could win one of these cool prizes when you, you can be the next guy running out onto the field. You can be, maybe be in Gus Malzahn's headset during a game. That would be cool. Huh? All better play if you will. <laughs> right? uh, but everyone asks this question all the time. So uh, their mission is to provide passive income for UCF athletes. Uh, so first athletes receive a percentage of all the primary sales. Second athletes also receive royalties for transactions on the secondary marketplace for any collectible. So if you try to sell your card of Quadric Buller, let's just say uh, Quadric Buller continues to reap the, uh, the the royalties from that as well, too. So, again, another opportunity to, to kind of give back to the athletes for UCF, be a part of the NIL collective uh, and be a part of the UCF family uh, and uh, and support our uh, our athletes. Again, uh, chargeon.xyz is how you can get uh, in touch. Uh, stay tuned here to the Suns UCF for the next couple of months. Uh, we'll be brought, providing you more details, more insight on the things they're working on, what you can expect, and how you can sign up, Mike. But let's take ourselves a little breaky break right here, and uh, we'll come back. Um, Malzahn Translator is a little rusty today. We'll see if we can get that all worked out for you, but we're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. We are the Suns UCF. We're brought to you by Gordon and Partners. 
This is UCF head football coach Gus Malzahn, and you should listen to the sons of UCF like your hair is on fire. Go Knights and charge on. All right, we're back, sons of UCF here. So the Gus Malzahn translate, a little rusty, Mike. Uh, uh, UCF video isn't uploading. Uh, so uh, all six minutes of Gus press conferences, uh, we'll have to wait for another day. Spoiler alert, he said nothing of any interest in any of you either way. But uh, but let's do this really quickly, Mike. Uh, the Urban Nooks ticket to the house moment of the week. I have a unique one I'm going to share with you really quickly, Mike. But what is your Urban Nooks ticket to the house moment of the week? <laughs> we only took it to the house one time. So I asked the touchdown pass to Baker, which was a beautiful pass and a beautiful catch in the back of the end zone. I'm going to go with the Ty Freeman UCF basketball double dunk last night <laughs> in the in the Bahamas championship game. Uh, uh, a nice uh, tip in. He hung on the rim. Uh, another UCF player also hung on the rim. The uh, the double dunk UCF with a nice uh, nice victory to win the uh, Bahamar championship in the Bahamas, Mike. Uh, so that is my take it to the house moment of the week. Again, it's brought to you by Urban Nooks. If you want to figure out what's going on with real estate, you need to call someone you trust. Drew Bellani has been selling real estate for almost a decade. He's helped Knights buy, sell, or invest in real estate across the nation. A lot of things are changing, Mike. The market changes by the day. So who you work with matters. Make sure you work with a fellow Knight. Drew is a two-time alumnus, a, a shareholder, and someone that you can trust. Make sure you reach out to Drew Bellani and Urban Nooks at 407-456-3226. 407-456-3226. Three, two, two, six, Drew Bellani and Urban Nooks. Mike, let's talk a little basketball because you were out there in public. You were out of this team. Like game one, Mike was done. Mike was done. He'd seen enough. We lost to a team that wasn't even going to go to the tournament. And uh, you must have pissed somebody off. Mike, jo Johnny heard you. Maybe Taylor Hendricks heard you. Maybe CJ Kelly had enough of you because UCF has now strung off four straight wins, including two over the weekend to win the Baja Mar uh, championship down in the Bahamas. Uh, first on Friday, they erase a 17-point deficit, come back and beat Oklahoma City, a future Big 12 foe, 60 to 56. Then on Sunday, they beat Santa Clara 57-50. And then we hold up the conch trophy, Mike. Your UCF Knights, Bahamas hometown team. You guys are all welcome. I lit a fire under this team after that first game. And now we've seen the response. And I'm very happy to say they're playing good basketball. They look like a good team. And we're a basketball school again. I mean, the football team doesn't look like they're going to go to the championship game anymore. Basketball, let's go. Get to the dance, baby. This could be the year. Does Johnny finally figure it out now? Hendricks looks fantastic. Um, we're winning ball games, and that's all you can really ask. We have Evansville coming up on Wednesday night, home of Don Mattingly, my favorite baseball player. Is that right? Wow. Well, he was born in Evansville, Indiana. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, then a, and then a big one with the Hurricanes after that, so. Uh, and then in a few weeks down here in South Florida, we're playing uh, Missouri at the uh, Orange Bowl Classic thing. I, I should be there. I, I'm thinking about going to check that out. So looking forward now to, to basketball season where if you told me that a month ago, I wouldn't have believed those words were going to come out of my mouth. I was not looking forward to basketball season, but now I am. So let, let's see how long we can keep this thing rolling. And you mentioned Taylor Hendrick, Mike. He has been as good as advertised, averaging 15.8 points a game, uh, seven boards a game, Mike. Uh, he's already got eight blocks on the year. Uh, for a true freshman, he hits the three pretty good, hitting 41% from three. 
Uh, you know, he's he's 70% from the line. This kid's the real deal, Mike. He plays with energy. Uh, he runs the floor really well. Uh, he's, he's, he's pretty solid on defense. He's going to get loose balls. He's going to get his hands in passing lanes. And you can tell as a freshman, you know, they're already looking to him to make big plays, Mike. He has been a, everything we thought. I know you never know what you're going to get. And Johnny, best recruiting class, yada, yada, yada. This kid is the real deal, Mike. He is, uh, is going to be a fantastic player for UCF. For however long he's wearing the black and gold, he is the real deal. I, I definitely enjoy watching him play, uh, and I'm excited about seeing his his development throughout the season. What about his brother? His brother is not getting any playing time, right? Uh, his brother has not played yet. My suspicion at this point is that maybe he's going to grab a red shirt, yeah. but just a suspicion on my part because he has not logged a minute. Even we played that guy whose name was Pooh. Uh, he already got into a game. Uh, so I, I, I think maybe a redshirt fan, but Mike, another fun fact about your coach, Johnny Dawkins, five straight games, the same five starting lineup for five straight games. This is unheard of in the Johnny Dawkins era. <laughs> Consistency. And for the first time we're consistent now, now hopefully another injury bug doesn't pop up or anything like that and, and ruin this thing. But uh, that's all you can really ask for out of your team. Consistent, play hard, hustle, you know, be the ones to get to the floor on loose balls, rebound. That that's stuff you you can coach, and that's stuff that's all about heart. And and you don't always have to be the most talented team. We're probably not more talented than Oklahoma State, right? I would think they'd probably have a lot more uh, better recruits than uh, four star players, maybe five star. Um, probably shouldn't be beating teams like that, but we did. And that game started off a little rough. People, <laughs> but but you showed some heart. And you showed that you got some guts and you came back in that game and you fought to the end and you win it in overtime. So I love everything I'm seeing out of Johnny Dawkins team right now. CJ Kelly has been a revelation as well. He's the transfer out of UMass. Mike, he's averaging 13 points a game, but really UCF's doing a lot of this on the defensive end. They are holding, they're holding their opponents right now to 36% shooting from, uh, from the field, uh, 24% shooting from three. Uh, they're dominating the boards, uh, 40 to 37 against their opponents. They're turning their opponents over. We've only had 77. We've got, we've received 86. So this, this team is, is playing defense. Uh, they're making timely shots. They're getting big stops when they have to. They're crashing the boards, Mike, getting second-chance opportunities. Um, they are uh, by far, uh, you know, I know Johnny always wants to sort of like win through defense, and we're a defensive team first. We've heard that time and time again. So far, th- this this squad is uh, is putting it together. The best team in Florida? Do we dare say that right now? Um, Florida Oof. lost to FAU, right? Yeah, we, yeah. We, uh, we beat the crap out of Florida State, and they also lost to Florida. So by rule, I think right now, what's Miami looking like? I don't know if they're looking good, but we have a chance to play them head-to-head in, in a few days. So we have the chance to be the best team in Florida for basketball now. And maybe we can print the T-shirts for those. Yeah, it could be a fun year, Mike. Again, I like this team that got some use, some energy. Uh, CJ Walker w- was banged up. He did not play in the championship game. We have not seen Darius Johnson yet. So uh, you would think help is on the way, if you will, in, in, some, uh, in some players. Uh, and so I'm curious to see how we can put this together. Uh, this is kind of some of those things, Mike, you t- we talked about football in the first part of the show, which I, I'm trying to forget about. Um, and, and this is one of those fun teams where you don't expect much from them. And then they start playing well and they kind of surprise you, right? It becomes a fun team to watch versus a, like the football team this year. I think we all had expectations. We were going to be a certain team. Uh, I kind of really like stories like this where I don't think we all knew what to expect from the basketball team. We were all kind of probably going to the season a little bit negative because we had no idea who these guys were. Uh, but it's going to be a fun team. I, I'm, I'm excited to watch the season play out. Um, I'm sure we're going to have some bumps in the road on conference play. I mean, it's, it's what you do in conference play. But I'm curious to see how, how, how much this team can mature and if we can make any sort of run at a tournament. 
Yeah, they're setting themselves up early, which is good. And you're going to have a chance to have some big games. I mean, Houston is on the schedule. They're ranked number two. Right now. <laughs> we get to play them twice. There's going to be opportunities for some big games uh, in conference. But just one game at a time right now. Let's not get ahead of ourselves and start thinking about okay. you know, the dance mm -hmm. and all that stuff yet. Right? I think uh, I saw people already posting today, you know, get clear off your schedule for March. We're going dancing. Slow down. <laughs> one at a time here. A premature I, I like for that. I give you that. A little premature. Yeah. <laughs> like where we started off so far. But um, let, let's keep it going now and improve as the season goes on. That's the one thing that's happened. Like we've seen us get off to good starts in non-conference before. The last few seasons, we, we beat Miami last year, too. We beat Florida State last year, too. We, we've had some pretty good wins at a conference, and then things kind of fall apart later. Keep improving as the season goes along. That's the one thing you got to keep asking from this team. Bahamas hometown team, Mike. Um, but again, basketball plays Wednesday against Evansville. I forgot, we actually have two tickets to give away for that. I don't know how to do that, by the way. But if you want two tickets to Evansville, I guess send me a Mike a DM. Uh, and then uh, basically the day after um, the Cows game back in Orlando, we welcome uh, the Hurricanes to town. So nice little weekend of sports, Mike. Uh, but obviously it all starts with the Cows game. Before we get into more of that, do I do want to mention our good friend Drew Bellani again at Poor Choice. They are having another watch party this week. So if you're not going to Tampa, you're staying back for family stuff or whatever, uh, but you still want to watch the game with some night fans, you, uh, take a trip down to Poor Choice, 1225 Mills Avenue. They're going to have food trucks. Um, they're going to have beer specials. They'll have beer pong and cornhole. The sound will be on the TVs. And don't forget about the 50 self-pouring beer, wine, sake, and seltzer taps. Um, they actually have canned cocktails, Mike. I know you're into that. Um, skip the lines and all that other stuff at the boring watch parties. You don't have to wait for a waitress or a waiter. You go up, you pour your own beer, you sit back down, you watch the game. It's a fantastic situation. If you're going to be up in Orlando, and again, you're not traveling to uh, to the game, um, check out Poor Choice, 1225 Mills Avenue. Uh, again, another watch party. And, uh, and Drew and the fellows will take good care of you there, Mike. And by the way, if you're looking for something else to do this week, it's a holiday week. It's kind of random. Like, you know, yeah, family coming to town. Some people are at work certain days. They're also going to have live music on Wednesdays uh, featuring, Mike, what I believe will be your new favorite food truck. Uh, so live music on Wednesdays. And the Pizza Slut pop-up truck will be there. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and Wednesday, Wednesday, Mike. This Wednesday is the biggest party night of the year. It is uh, the, the day before Thanksgiving. Everybody's off the next day. Uh, yeah. A lot of people back in town. I mean, you're talking about I know the UCF students maybe are, are heading back to their towns, but a lot of kids that live in Orlando that go to school elsewhere are going to be back in Orlando. Everybody's going to be out downtown. You might as well go to Poor Choice and have a good time there. Start the night off the right way. And the live music fun. Wednesdays with the pizza slut pop up. Uh, and not just this Wednesday, Mike, through the rest of the year as well, too. So Wednesday, go to Poor Choice, enjoy some music, enjoy 50 uh, uh, self-pouring taps, beer, seltzer, wine, sake, all that good jazz. Uh, get some pizza slut if you need it. And then come back on Saturday for the game. Uh, again, food trucks, cornhole, more beer specials, and UCF hopefully beating the cows. Again, 1225 Mills Avenue. That's where you can find Poor Choice. All right, Mike, this is this is it. At least for the foreseeable future, the UCF Cows rivalry. This this is it. This is the penultimate game. Uh, there's nothing on the schedule for the next uh, handful of years. Gus was asked about today and basically said, "Yeah, I don't really care." Uh, <laughs> so it's it's coming to an end. This is not the first time this has happened. Obviously, we took a little bit of a break uh, between this rivalry for a couple of years, but this in the foreseeable future is it. What are your emotions as a UCF fan, as somebody who despises the cows as much as everybody else does? This is the last time 
Like, are you sentimental? Are you happy? Are you sad? How are you feeling about this being the last one? Well, I feel good that it's the last one. The way it's ending is because we're moving on to greener pastures. We're moving on to bigger things. So for us, it's a good thing. If I was in their shoes, I'd be angry to see like what happened earlier to see them just move on without us, you know, to, to a better conference. I wouldn't be happy about it, but I'm not really sentimental about it. I mean, I've, we've had some good wins. We've had some good moments. We've had some ugly times in this rivalry too. The first four games, they we know the story. They beat us every time. I was at all four of those games. It was miserable. And then we had to wait a few years to play them again. Since the rivalry picked back up, we've had their number pretty well since then. You know, they beat us a couple of times in 15 and 16, but we've beat them every year since. Uh, we won the ones that count. We won the biggest one of all in 2017. So I, we just kind of end it on a good note, and then we could say goodbye. To, we might see them down the road. We may see them in a bowl game at some point. Maybe one day. I mean, who knows? They, they play in, they're going to be playing in a lot easier conference. Dare I say 12-team playoff <laughs> at one point. Maybe they, if they get their act together, do you think they can win the conference without UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston in it? Or are they still going to have to deal with SMU? And too many owls. Too many owls in that conference for them. Yeah, too many owls. <laughs> yeah, East Carolina, Memphis will still be there for them to, to worry about. So. Uh, but it's possible to see them in a bowl game one day, maybe at the Cure Bowl in an off year, or who knows. But um, I, if they, 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 I hate them more than anybody, and that's saying a lot because I really hate the Gators. I really hate Miami. I don't really care for FSU, and now that they're winning, they're getting louder, so I'm starting to hate them a little more too. But the Cows is something different about the Cows. Th- that first four years when this thing started was such a miserable time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and yeah. they rubbed it in our faces man they went right by us you know they started their football program after us and they blew right by us and they went into the big east and they kicked our ass i was there for 64 12 that's the last time i was at a game in tampa for, for in this rivalry so i'll be back there again this week for the last one ever hopefully we can turn the tables on them yeah, another thing to keep in mind, we now own the all-time uh, series right now, 7-6. to six. So this game allows us, if we win this one, to stay on top of that for the foreseeable future. We also have a five-game winning streak against the Cows. So there are some things on the line here. Obviously, the Cows are 1-10, uh, fired their head coach, fired the defensive coordinator. Uh, they're on their third or fourth string quarterback. I can't even keep really track anymore who they're, who they're playing at this point. But it's a rivalry game, Mike. They're gonna they're gonna throw the kitchen sink at you. I'm not gonna miss the cows. I'm not one that thinks that this has to go on forever. I think at some point, some things just outlive their usefulness. And this rivalry was a good thing for a long time, and it was something for fun for us to talk about. But to your point, we've moved forward to something else. They're staying where they are. It's outlived its usefulness. I mean, I think it's okay to say something's come to an end, and if it, it rekindles down the road at some point, that'll be cool too—a nice little one-off bowl game, or you know, one-off where they're going to come play as at home because we're not playing. We're not going to go play there, right? We're not doing. We're not doing home for homes with the cows. Uh, so if they want to come into Orlando and play a game, I'm okay with all that. But I'm alright with this thing dying. Yeah, yeah. I, it's not like we've been playing them for a hundred years. It's not like some of these other rivalries in college football where you, you can't imagine not playing. I mean, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have played each other for a long time too. And they're not going to play each other anymore. I think that's a bigger deal. Um, So there's teams we used to have rivalries with that have gone away. Georgia Southern at one point was our biggest rival and we haven't played them now in forever. Same thing's going to happen to the cows. We've, we've played East Carolina more times than we played the cows. I think we played Memphis more times than we played the cows. So when you look at it that way, I'm not going to miss it much. 
but there was always just that it's a strong hate between both schools that I don't know if we have with anybody else, right? Because we don't get to play the Gators ever. We played them just recently, but this, maybe we can build that because with the, the three games we have on the schedule in the future with them. Um, but yeah, screw the cows. I don't care. Leave them to die. I, I just hope nothing but bad things for them. I hope they fold the program one day because they can't afford, you know, they're talking about building a stadium. I hope that never happens. I wish nothing good for the cows ever. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to let this thing go away, Mike. But again, it's going to happen uh, one final time, Saturday, the 26th, uh, 7 p.m. in Tampa. And uh, if you're antsy now, what's going to happen in advance? Mike and I have already got our headlines prepared. We know what's going to happen already. We were way wrong last week, but that's that doesn't happen <laughs> all the time. This week, though, we're really, really right, Mike. So we have Sunday's headlines today. We predicted. We tell you what's going to happen before it actually happens, Mike. Yeah, here's your first headline. What is it? Ray J Harvey Stadium. I don't know how to, if I should go Ray J Harvey or Raymond James Harvey. I don't know what sounded better, but anyway, he's his name is R.J. Harvey. The name of the stadium, Raymond James. Uh, UCF running back sets stadium single game rushing record. Now wow. you're gonna have to do some research to figure out what that number actually is. I believe Warwick Dunn has the. <laughs> do record. you actually know the number, or are you telling me to do it right now? <laughs> no, it's gonna take more research than I wanted to put in. Warwick Dunn, I believe, has the best rushing performance by a NFL player. So the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think it was like 207 yards or something. Now, I don't know if there's a cow that's ever run for more than that. Maybe. You know, what was the uh, Marlon Mack maybe had a, a big Mack, game or something. Yeah. Um, but then you also got to factor in bowl games that have been played at uh, the stadium too. Super Bowls and all kinds of college bowl games. I don't know. Maybe there was a... Uh, one of these New Year's Day games where Wisconsin had a running back run for 250 yards. I don't know the answer to the question, and maybe somebody wants to figure it out. But I'm telling you, is R.J. Harvey is going to run for more than anybody. He's going to run for 250-plus yards in this game because the cow defense is horrible against the run, and R.J. Harvey is a very good running back. I see him breaking a few long ones. He's going to have a career day on Saturday. Well, actually leads into my headline, Mike, so I won't even opine because I'll just read you mine. Cow plow. UCF runs all over the cows in big victory. In big victory. I agree with you. I think this is one of these two-lane-style game playings where there's a heavy dose of the run. Uh, obviously, uh, I think John Rice Pomley actually plays uh, really well into this style of a, of a game plan. So him starting this week, although Gus can't ever seem to figure that stuff out and doesn't articulate it very well, I think it makes a ton of sense this week against the Cows. I think you see a heavy dose of Harvey. I think you see a heavy dose of Plumley. hopefully. I think you see a heavy dose of Bowser. Uh, and I think hopefully we control the game through uh, through the ground. So Cow Plow, UCF runs all over the Cows. Yeah, that's got to be the game plan for this game. <laughs> just like the Tulane game. You would think, but it's Gus Malzahn. Who knows? Yeah. So if, we, if we're throwing the ball 20 times in the first half, <laughs> I got some big questions. Um, I got a lot of questions. I got yeah. a lot of questions. Next Ready one? for your next headline? Here you go. War no more. Rivalry comes to an end without truce. Um, this is, we mentioned this the last time here, but we're not going to end this thing peacefully. Both schools hate each other so much. We're not going to, it's not coming to an end. Because, you know, um, we, we don't want to – I guess it's just becoming to an end because we don't want to play them anymore. Because if we wanted to, we could schedule them, and they could schedule us. But this is it, man. And we're not going to do it peacefully. We're going to go in there loud and just rampage their stadium one last time, come out of there with a big victory. 
That's actually right into my next headline, Mike. Renters insurance. UCF fans take over Cal's rented stadium and make it a home game. Look, despite the fact that obviously off the top of the show, we were pretty negative about um, what happened and the Navy loss. And I think a lot of people in the fan base are are somewhat down and disappointed at what happened. Uh, I still think a lot of people, like yourself included, are going to make the trek over to Tampa to watch this thing. I know a bunch of people are already buying tickets, planning tailgate situations. Uh, and, and I think they want to see this game one more time. I think they want to take over the stadium one more time. Obviously, we're Tampa's home hometown team, too. And I think people want to really, really party with that. A, good, a nice holiday weekend. The last time we're playing for a while, I, I expect a healthy, healthy number of nice fans. I expect probably three to one of the Cows fans, if there's even any Cows fans there at that point, Mike. So I think we take over the stadium. We make it a de facto home game, similar to what we did at Tulane. And hopefully we have a similar performance as we had. Yeah, we're not going to have these seasons anymore where we have that extra home game, right? And a lot of night fans live in the Tampa area. It's an easy game for them to go to. It's like when they come down here and play FAU, I'm all excited about it. The Tampa folks are not going to have that anymore, but they're going to make the best of it, and they're going to go to this last one. I think we're going to fill up a, a good portion of the stadium. I, I expect uh, the UCF sideline to be all UCF fans. If you look on Ticketmaster, there were a lot of seats available on the Cow sideline. Maybe UCF fans buy up those tickets too. Uh, three to one sounds like a good ratio, I think. I, you think maybe their students show up, but maybe not because it's coming after Thanksgiving. Maybe a lot of them don't even make the trip back to Tampa for this game. Uh, they're deflated. They, they have a little glimmer of hope, I guess, coming off that last game against Tulane where they looked like the offense was playing better. But um, awesome. yeah, I expect a, a big UCF fan uh, takeover in this game. I can't imagine. I mean, I guess in theory, anything's possible, right? But I can't imagine a ton of students are going to come schlepping back in town on a Saturday uh, to trek all the way down to Raymond James Stadium to watch the one in 10 cows play. You know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine that's going to be, uh, you know, some people are going to be into. Um, you know, maybe it's because they want to see them play us and they think they can beat us or something. But I think at this point, that fan base is pretty apathetic in general just because of, of the way things have gone and coaching staff and everything else. So I, I guess anything's possible. I'd be pretty surprised, though, if you. They packed in a bunch of a bunch of students for that one. Well, it's Fan Appreciation Day, and they're giving away Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> and if you know, people are going crazy for this Taylor Swift. I, I saw. Are you in on this? Are you getting tickets for the Swifties? My daughter wants to go. My wife wants to take her. Yeah. Originally, they said, "Oh, we're all going." I was like, "I'm not going. I don't want to go. I'm definitely not going." <laughs> Have you seen the prices for these things? I I'm have. not buying four tickets. My other daughter doesn't even care. She says she doesn't care. So I'm gonna have half. Probably have to uh, cough up some money for two tickets because she wants it as her birthday wow. gift. Did I you don't... not get in the pre-sale, Mike? You weren't in the, the queue and the line yes. with the codes? Oh, you're <laughs> going to get screwed. So, yeah, I don't Oof. know what I'm doing. Now, they, they are running a promo where you can win tickets if, at this game, but you have to wear green to the game to be eligible. I'll tell you what, after the Navy game, I, did, oh, I haven't no. said anything to them. But I was considering telling them to wear some green save me some money. Maybe they Well, define green, tickets, like a green hat. I, I just like... can't bring myself to do that. Get a hat and what are the chances the cows though? The cows play down. some games, and um, <laughs> they, they, they think they're funny, and they they like they put my daughter on the big screen and say, "Hey, you won Taylor Swift tickets!" Oh, but you're not wearing green, and then they have to give them away to somebody else. You think they'd pull something like that? Uh, it's very possible, Mike. I think it's also <laughs> possible you're going to get the commemorative cup from 2018. So you never really know what the cows and their concession and their game day activities. But you're about to pay. I, now I feel I don't feel so bad about paying for those Navy tickets. You're about to pay <laughs> for these Taylor Swift tickets. Ooh, I already tried Ooh, to explain to them. I was like, first, you better bring your binoculars. Second of all, the cheapest ticket I saw, the cheapest 
was like 450 bucks and that's in the upper deck behind yeah. the stage in yeah. the corner oh and they're nowhere they're nowhere near you so you're gonna have to go to tampa yeah which is gonna require probably a hotel stay yeah um uh so that's gonna be another or you're gonna have to fly someplace like atlanta or something that's close enough and the same thing flight and a hotel stay oof i know see mike's about to pay the one cool uh destination i was looking into colorado there she's out there and the yankees are in town the same weekend which could be cool i could go out there they can go to the concert i'll take my other daughter to a yankee game but mm. that's going to cost me a lot of money. Too, that's so. going to cost you even more money because now you're buying <laughs> Yankees tickets on top of plane tickets, on top of probably multiple days of hotel stays. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a big one. So we'll see. Maybe I'll find somebody that has a hookup somewhere. I don't know, but I still got a few months. I think the concert's in April. So yeah, you got some time. But you're right. All right, what's your last headline? Uh, black bald, and that's with the AAC there in the middle. Knights miss out on championship game despite win. We kind of went over this already earlier in the show. It's a good possibility we win this game and still don't make it to the championship game. And wouldn't that make Mike Oresco so happy <laughs> to put Tulane in over us if they lose to Cincinnati on, on Friday? Uh, just if it's up to Oresco, Tulane's in no matter what, right? He doesn't, oh, for he sure. does not yeah. want Cincinnati against UCF. He doesn't want Houston against Somehow UCF. SMU will get in if, if it's up to Oresco. <laughs> He'll find some sort of weird bylaw that lets him put SMU in this thing. Yeah. So uh, I'm not confident we get in, even with a win on Saturday. So I, I called it black bald. Yeah. I mean, he's got to have Tulane in there. He, there's no way he can have a, a Cincinnati UCF. You know, uh, at least with Tulane, you can say, oh, you know, half of our, our championship teams are still here. And, you know, you know, half of our ranked team, like he still has an opportunity to use that. But, yeah, there's there's no I, again, SMU would get in here. I wouldn't be surprised somehow. Oresco. Mm-hmm. Clown. All right, here's my last one. Thank you, Judy. UCF gets the last laugh over incompetent former prez. Obviously, I'm referring to Judy Genshaft, the longtime president at, at, at the Cal University there, who famously uh, blackballed UCF um, for a few different things, medical school, all kinds of other uh, academic items. And then obviously want to no part of us being in the Big East, which ultimately ends up, uh, funnily enough, being part of the downfall for the cows. Uh, so a big thank you to Judy, our last lap as we, uh, we leave cow country for the final time. On the message boards today, people were asking, what chant can we get going during the stadium in the stadium on Saturday? Thank you, Judy, was one recommendation. I, I may switch up that first word to mm-hmm. something else and yeah. uh, you know make it F you, Judy. But mm-hmm. I Thanks think- for explaining that. I didn't know what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> Some it. people don't want to get it. Some people are a Fair little enough. slow. Fair um, what can we chant during this game? It, we got a Big 12 chant. I know the SEC does the SEC chants all the time. Is Big 12 doing a Big 12 chant? It doesn't really flow well. No, I don't think so. Um, I don't know, but we got to do something where we could just rub it in their faces, and especially Judy Genshaft's face for doing what she did, and now she's getting what is coming to her. I mean, you could probably do a see you later. See you later. <laughs> Or if you want to do Mike, you can probably replace that C with a with an F. Um, <laughs> or see you next you Tuesday. To, if, you, <laughs> if you want to do that on the way out, uh, maybe a see you later could work. Yeah. Um, we got to come up with something. We gotta come, I think we're, a lot of us are bringing the flags, right? We're bringing these big 12 flags, rub it in their face. I think that's my plan. Uh, I have seats right in the front row of, of the 200 level. So I can, I, 
it looks like I can just tie it up to the fence right in front of me and just have it right in camera view. Uh, that'd be fun if we got a whole bunch of them. We could line up the whole 200 level with those flags. That'd be awesome. That would be nice. That would be a nice way to go out. Hopefully we go out with the uh, the final laugh against the Cows. Again, for our championship hopes, as meager as they are, they start and end with us beating the Cows. And uh, regardless of all that stuff, you don't lose to the Cows, Mike. You cannot lose to the Cows. You're saying this is a fireball offense for Gus Malzahn. If I think I even saw game. Trace. I think you saw Trace on Twitter say that. Someone asked about Hot Seat uh, if he loses. And I think Trace even admitted maybe. Hot seat Gus Malzahn if he loses. And Trace one. is the last person to ever. Trace put is the last on. person to put anybody on hot seat. Trace loves everybody. Seems to be nice and cool. And if he, he loses he's, this game, he's thinking about it. Yeah, I don't ever want to see him again. I don't. I don't ever want to see him again. You cannot lose this game. This is the one game on the schedule you cannot lose. Okay, it's it's fireable. I, I think so. He's he's up for. First of all, who wants him now? Like we were talking about contract extensions last week. Is it time to pay him more? Um, you're not getting paid anything from me if you lose this game to the cows. So you want to go somewhere? <laughs> I already else? paid you enough, Gus, by going to that Navy game. Yeah, you want to leave? Then go ahead and leave. You know what would happen if he left? He would be the least successful of the of any of the football coaches. The last four or five coaches, right? Worse than Hypo. Hypo at least took us to a NYU six game, won a conference championship. Worse than Frost, who had the undefeated season. Worse than O'Leary. He's fourth right now. And if you lose to the cows. He'd be one and one against the cows. Uh, last year, he barely beat them, and to lose to them in the final game of the rivalry, uh-uh, that is not going to sit well with me. He cannot lose this game. I'm sorry, Gus Malzahn, your job is on the line Saturday night. <laughs> I love it. I love when the hot seat gets fired up from uh, from UCF, Mike. Let's go take a break. I'm going to let Mike get a fire extinguisher and put out that hot seat. Uh, we'll come back. We got Mike's picks uh, with the Sons of UCF, brought to you by Gordon and Partners. This is UCF Athletic Director Terry Mahajer, and in my spare time, when I'm not on TikTok, I'm listening to Adam and Mike on the Sons of UCF. Go Knights and charge on! Let's get back after it with Mike's picks here. Uh, if you're not familiar with what happens each week, Mike goes through and picks a handful of games from the uh, from the American Conference, something that has something at least to do with the conference, and he tells you who's going to win those games. Uh, he's been doing pretty good on the year. We'll get to that in a second, but before we do. Uh, are you sick and tired of prize picks yet? Because I'm not, by the way. If you go to prize picks right now, if you haven't signed up yet, you can still sign up. It's a cool app. You go to any app store, you download this thing. It's highly rated. And what you do is you uh, you put our promo code SUNS12 in. If you put $100 in, they will match your deposit 100%. If you're on the fence right now, you've been thinking about it. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Bowl season's coming up. College basketball season's kicked off. You get basketball coverage on there. The World Cup has started uh, as of yesterday, Mike. You can get World, World Cup action on there as well. Uh, so it's a great time in the sports calendar. If you haven't signed up yet, uh, you can take advantage right now. You're watching this stuff anyway. Bowl season through the holidays. You want to get some funny action on a, a Tuesday night, you know, Detroit quick lane bowl. They're going to have that action for you, Mike. You get over-unders, props, all that kind of stuff. Again, still time to get involved in this. So go to Prize Picks, download the app. Again, our promo code is SUNS12. They will deposit match you 100% up to $100. Get in there now. Get some money for the holidays. Enjoy. Have some fun. Make some picks. Again, a lot of sports on the calendar right now. So no better time than now. Prize Picks. Promo code SUNS12, Mike. Let's talk about your picks for a second. We'll start off with the pool tracker. I ha- I forgot to check. I don't even know how I did. Give me an update on the pool tracker. Where are we at? Uh, I had a bad week in the pool tracker. Oh, this week. Okay. I think I went two and five. And uh, Trace actually had a big week. I think he went five and two. Picked up a few games on us. It's getting tight here 
between the three of us and the overall standings. I'm right at 547 and 47. You're a game behind me at 46 and 48. And Trace is a game behind you, 45 and 49. Down the stretch we come. This is the final regular season week. So we got a bunch of games on the schedule this week. And then championship game, there's only one game to pick. So not a lot of time to make up room. Um, This is it. You got to finish strong here. The leader in the clubhouse, Jacob UCF, still in control, 59 and 35. This guy's had a fantastic season. But I think he's only up a game on whoever's in second place. So uh, somebody's going to come away with a nice prize here at the end of the year. Um, For my picks here on the show last week, the heater uh, expired. There's no more heater. (laughs) (laughs) One and two. You and UCF are the same. Yeah. Uh, I won the Houston-East Carolina game. Houston covered that one. And I lost SMU-Tulane. And I lost um, Cincinnati and Temple. So for the season now, 20-16, and 16, pretty good, respectable. You know, over 504 games over. You're winning some money at least. Um, I'm going to finish strong here. Like I said, last regular season week of the season. And I guess I'll do the picks this week. I'll do the picks championship Saturday. I'll pick the UC, uh, the American Conference. I'll pick two other games. And then that'll be it, I think, for the picks uh, segment on the show. Right? All right. There we go. All right. So we three games this week. Game number one, Tulane getting three and a half points at Cincinnati. The Green Wave were very impressive in their win against SMU. I did not see that coming. I took SMU in that game. Um, it was a good bounce back for Tulane in that game, You know, coming off the UCF loss. And then Cincinnati, on the other hand, just a boring 20-point win. That game was just a snooze fest. There was nothing exciting going on. They were in control the whole way against Temple. They shut down EJ Warner. They won in typical Cincinnati fashion. The matchup to watch here this week is the Tulane offense, Tajay Spears going up against the Cincinnati defense, Ivan Pace Jr. I think that is the matchup of the day. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see who wins that battle. The Bearcats have won the last four games in this series. Last year, they won 31-12. to 12, And Tulane's last win against Cincinnati was back in 2002. The last time they won a game in Cincinnati, 1998. I believe they okay. went undefeated that year. So um, it's been a long time. We've talked about it. Cincinnati's got that championship pedigree. I believe they have the better coach. The game is at home. I think they win this game. I think they win it by about seven. So give me the Bearcats to cover three and a half. Yeah, I agree. I think Cincinnati being the home team is going to put this one over the top. Um, you know, again, I, Tulane has played all right in spots. You know, we saw them obviously at their worst when they when they played us, uh, a road game. I think since he's going to be a tough out, I know I kept saying it. Sounds like I'm swinging from uh, Luke Fickles, Luke Fickles, Fickles. Uh, but uh, I think they're going to be a tough out, Mike. I think they know how to win. Uh, they're defensively pretty solid, pretty sound. Um, some, you know, some, some about them just gives me the, gives me the heebies. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Cincinnati on this one. Yeah. Now saying it this way, I'm kind of thinking Cincinnati's going to win the conference again, which would really be a kick in the nuts coming off the game. We beat them. We had, we had it in control. We, I felt like we were the better team that day, but here when it counts, it looks like they're going to end up as the best team again. Yeah. Um, Game number two, Tulsa getting 12 and a half Come points. Come on, Tulsa. Come on, Tulsa. Houston. 
<laughs> Give it to me, Mike. Come on. The Golden Hurricanes with 573 yards of offense right. against the Cows last week. Perfect. And the barn burner. I said it kind of facetiously last week. A barn burner. It was a barn burner. 42 to 48. They beat uh, the Cows. They snapped a three-game losing streak. They have two right. conference wins now. They beat the two worst teams in the conference. Temple and the Cows. Give it uh, to me. But the Houston offense has been rolling of late. They Everyone won lucky. 42 to 3 against East Carolina. Four weeks in a row now, they've scored at least 42 points. Everybody's lucky. <laughs> uh, they may not have a chance, a shot at the championship game, but they do have the chance to screw us in the tiebreaker. Of course. Um, last year, the Cougars blew out Tulsa 45 to 10. They've won the last three meetings. The last Tulsa win at Houston. Back in 2012, we're all rooting for Tulsa. Yes. I just don't see it happening. I think uh, what? easily, uh, probably by more than two touchdowns. Give me the Cougars to cover uh, 12 and a half. That's not what I want to hear, Mike. I want to hear <laughs> Tulsa is going to run them off of the uh, the field. Uh, Tulsa is ready to play. This is their one opportunity. They're finally going to make amends for all the times they've screwed us over, and they're going to come out and play hard, Mike. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong. And, you know, Houston's been an enigma all year. Right? Just when you think that they're pretty good, they come out and lay a clunker. I can see them, you know, playing sloppy in this game, turning the ball over, some stupid penalties, maybe keeping Tulsa in it. I hope that's what happens. I just have no faith in Tulsa. Tulsa also gave up 42 points to the Cows last week, and they're facing a much better Houston team this week. Uh, I'm also curious to see what what ramifications – Houston will already know by the time this game kicks off, right? They'll know who won between Cincy and Tulane. Um, so will they kind of understand what their fate looks like if they think they get in or not? I think if they have a shot, maybe you see a team that's a little bit motivated. But we've said this a time and time before. This is a team that's been relatively uh, implosive throughout the year. There's talks that they hate their head coach, Daniel Holgerson. So if they know that there's no chance, they're, even though they're technically in it mathematically, but they're out, maybe they fold a little bit, Mike. Maybe they don't show up. They get down a little bit, and you know they, they tuck their tail between their legs and just decide to pack it in. Like I don't, I don't know what they're going to know in advance and if they'll, they'll know that much, but that's another – maybe another possibility is – yeah, they just implode because they recognize their season's going to be over. Well, I don't think that game even has any effect. We already talked about it. I don't think there's any way Houston gets in, right? Unless we lose, maybe. But where our game's going on at the same time, so they wouldn't know that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I can see them losing just because that's the way they've been. They're up one week. They're down one week. But uh, they're going to put up some points. That's one thing I'm sure of. They're going to put up at least 35 points, and hopefully Tulsa can hang in there. All right, fine. Pick Tulsa. That's what yeah. I would do, but no, you're going to go Houston. All right, last game. And I've been avoiding picking UCF games for a while now, but I'm back. UCF minus 17.5 points at the Cows. We already know the Knights lead the all-time series 7-6, to six, and this is the last edition of the war on I-4. Um, you know, what the hell did I even write here? the bulls the bulls are feeling good with me okay. I, I, I threw me off i wrote bulls i didn't write cows i don't know what i'm doing here. um freshman quarterback byron brown last week 21 out of 25 for 240 yards in the air with three touchdowns he also ran for 76 yards in a touchdown is this kid gonna be a problem is he any good i didn't watch any of that game did you watch that game 
I saw no, I did not actually. I lied. I, I um I saw maybe like the first like ten minutes, and then after that, I was done. Yeah, so I, I don't know if he's any good or not. But now that at least there's a little bit of film on him, and hopefully Gus and the guys can break that down a little bit. Um, UCF, we know with the deflating loss against Navy last week, just getting beat up on the offensive and defensive lines. Um, the cows have an extra day of rest, right? They played that game on Monday, on uh, Friday. So they got that extra day. They got a little bit of momentum coming in, but their defense is putrid. They've given up 40 plus points. The last five games, they've given up over 270 yards on the ground in each of the last three games, over 270 rushing three games in a row. Almost exactly 271, I think 273 and 277, the last three games. Uh, th that's why I believe RJ Harvey, Bowser, JRP, they're going to run for over 300 yards on these guys. We just did it a couple of weeks ago against Tulane where we ran for uh, a lot of yards. I think we go over 300 again, maybe even at the end of the game, if we're up big, Jordan McDonald gets in there and, and gets the pound on these guys for a fourth quarter. I think the only way it stays close is if we turn the ball over. You know, we've seen penalty uh, turnovers have been a killer for us all year. We haven't gotten any turnovers. And this past week, we gave up the ball a couple times. If we do that, that's the only way these guys hang in it. But I think we see an angry UCF team this week, a team that's still alive, still fighting for something. Um, the Houston game's at the same time. So maybe we do a little scoreboard watching there. Maybe um, if you see Tulsa hanging in there, it gives us a little bit even more motivation. I, I we got to run up the score style points count now. I think yeah, we're talking about rankings and all these computers and stuff. Winning by 40 is going to be more impressive than winning by three. So give me UCF to cover 17 and a half points and blow these guys out in the final war on I 4. Do you think the cows are actually going to put the score on the board in the stadium? I wonder. Like, I'm mean, I have club seats. I wonder if they'd have games on in the on the TVs inside, maybe you think yeah. it's kind of like they have a nice bar in there. I mean, the, the stadium is nice. Like why um, do us any favors though and put that, put that score somewhere in the stadium for, for UCF for fans to see. I mean, we all have phones and, and everything else. You can figure it out, but let the players maybe, maybe not knowing about it or if they're losing, like if, if Houston's house, them, they, that they put it like on the big screen just so UCF has to see it. I don't know. Yeah. If Houston's house is blowing them out, they will be announcing it every chance they get. Houston 41, Tulsa 3, and then you just hear the groans from the UCF fans. Um, but if it's a close game, they probably will not announce anything and say, you know, give us any reason to cheer. Because I, I can't imagine them coming out on the on the uh, speaker saying, at the score at the end of the third quarter, Tulsa 14, Houston 12. And, and like, they, they wouldn't give us something to cheer about, right? There's no way. I I, I would have, well, they're, they're dumb. So I guess it's possible <laughs> that they don't recognize that and they probably might, but I would think, I mean, if, if it was us, I don't think we would do it for them. Right. So I, I can't imagine they would do it for us. And look, I hope you're right about, you know, UCF being pissed off. And this is, I know it's the last game of the regular season. It's probably the last time the, the, the worst time to do this, but we're about to find out what this team's made of, because if I'm a leader on that team, if I'm Sam Jackson, if I'm Anthony Montalvo, if I'm Alex Ward, uh, I'm already pissed off that you ruined my senior day. Like I am, I am not getting out of Tampa without a victory, right? And so, hopefully, to your point, this team is is, is pissed off. Hopefully, they're frustrated. Hopefully, Gus is pissed off. Hopefully, whoever screwed up, whatever they screwed up last week, has has 
you know, been held accountable and, and either won't see the field or whatever's going to happen, Mike. But I, I really sincerely hope we see a fired up, pissed off UCF team come out. Um, the, the championship stuff is going to be what it's going to be. There's to your point, we don't control any of that at this point. All we control is winning. And if we go out there and win this thing, 56, nothing, and, and we don't get the championship game, at least we came out with a, with a victory at the very end. We beat our rival. Um, you know, that's something at least positive, but I hope you're absolutely right about this team being pissed off. And these seniors have never lost to the cows. They cannot go out with a loss in their final game of the rivalry. We haven't lost them since 2016. Since that time they ran up the score on us and they scored that extra touchdown at the end. Yep. I hope we score on every possible possession. Like there is not a score where you, I can say, you know, that's enough. I, I want IMG Academy against what is it? Tur- West Toronto prep or whatever that was yeah. 96, nothing at the half. I'm still not, it's still not enough for me. You got to keep scoring, run it up as much as possible. A shutout would be preferable. We've done that to them once. We've basically done everything to them. We've shut them out at Raymond James before we lead the all time series. We have the longest winning streak in the series. Um, the only thing that they have on us is 64, 12. We've said it. We've said it for the last few years. I said it going back to the very first season that we've been doing these shows. I wanted hypo. Remember, I kept saying double snowman. I wanted 88 points. I wanted him to score. Um, nobody's done it. The biggest margin of victory we've ever beat them by is 38 to 10. And in 2018, hypo beat them by four touchdowns. Um, I think in 2019, we beat them maybe by 27 points, something it's like 34, that. 34 7, yeah. So. This is it. We have to win this game, and we have to win it by more than 64-12. I'd take 56 nothing. If you're telling me it's a shutout, I'd take that. Um, but 64-12, that's, what, 52 points. We have to win by at least 53 points. I'll, I'll take 56 nothing, But I'd, I'd prefer 88 nothing. Let's hope again, let's hope that happens. And then, uh, you know, all the other computer people, Billingsley, Billingsley, get your shit together. Will you? Uh, before we get to that though, Mike, really quickly, I do have an important update, uh, home field, uh, who's been a, a nice sponsor for us on the show. Uh, their black Friday sales started, Mike, I don't know if you knew this already. Their black Friday sales started on the 18th. It ends on the 27th. So you still have a, a bit of a week to get, uh, get your black Friday shopping done here. 20% off the entire site with the code black Friday all one word. This is the biggest discount, biggest sale they offer all year long. Some items will sell out, Mike. So you want to get there quickly. You got gifts you got to buy for people, Mike. Uh, maybe one of your teams is going to a bowl game. You want to get your buddy a shirt or something. You want to get your family a shirt. This is your opportunity now. Again, it ends on the 27th, 20% off the entire site. Uh, the promo code is Black Friday. All one word. I, I don't know about you. I mean, Mike's got to spend a lot of money on Taylor Swift tickets. Uh, for those of you out there, um, you know, who don't that's fine and here's the other catch this is not just for first-time buyers this is for anybody so some of the other deals are for first-time buyers only so if you've bought from home field before and you enjoy the quality and you're like man i could really use some scratch off here again 20 percent off the promo code is black friday all one word everything 20 percent in the store get in there now mike buy something figure something out maybe i should buy a tulsa shirt really quickly and, and get it before saturday because i need tulsa to win <laughs> um you can buy a do they sell green UCF shirts? Because you can save money on the Taylor Swift tickets. You're still wearing Don't UCF. Think they do. <laughs> Don't think they do. No. No, nor should uh, they, by the way. No. Um, yeah, get in there. They have fantastic shirts, very comfortable shirts. 
Uh, everybody seems to love them, so save some money while doing it. And I've been saying it all season, but now it's true. The holidays are right around the corner. I mean, Christmas is you're gonna need some Christmas gifts to give out to some friends, family. Buy a few, stock up on a bunch, and take advantage of this discount, twenty percent off. Um, now's the time. Again, hopefullapparel.com is where you find that at, Mike. I don't see any Tulane shirts on here, but I'm going to keep shopping. Again, 20% off through the 27th. Your promo code is Black Friday. 20% off homefieldapparel.com. We will be right back. We're going to get some Cow of the Week working here. We're the Suns UCF brought to you by Gordon and Partners. Okay, Sons of UCF, both of you, you are the all right, let's get Cow of the Week rolling here again. It's brought to you by Poor Choice, 1225 Mills Avenue. Get out there Saturday for the UCF watch party. Uh, they'll have food. They'll have drink specials, 50 taps, beer, wine, seltzer, sake, pour it yourself. No wait, no lines. The game will be on the TVs. What more could you ask for? Again, check out Poor Choice, Mike. Going there is not a Poor Choice. Being a Cow of the Week is the Poor Choice. We have to decide, by the way, are we going to get rid of Cow of the Week? After the, after we Ooh. leave, we, we didn't have an executive meeting uh, of the minds here at the uh, the Sons of UCF and figure out what to do with that. Maybe we should put that in a poll. I don't even know. Yeah. Is this just going to be the poor choice of the week? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's better than the Red Raider of the week. <laughs> I don't quite know <laughs> what other option we're going to have. We may have to come up with something here. Oof. Well, the Call of the Week has been a staple in every episode since the very first episode. It was our it first has. little uh, bit that we've done. And uh, I, I, we got to keep it at least through the end of this. I'm not, uh, I'm not committing to anything. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we'll, we'll run through the summer. Yeah. Yeah. We'll run through the summer. We're, but yeah, next season, we have to figure something out. All right. All right. So um, I'll start off this week. My cow of the you week. You always do. Yeah. Is the, well, I guess, is it FIFA or is it Qatar? How do you, how do you say it? <laughs> Qatar. Qatar. Uh, is it Qatar? Is it Qatar? I don't know. You have to, you have to roll the R at the end. Qatar. Uh, but I don't think it's FIFA. I think it's actually Qatar. That is the well, problem. Whoever decided on not selling beer at any of these games and made the, the announcement two days before the game started. So everybody made their plans. People coming from all over the world, going to this huge event, the biggest sporting event in the world, right? World Cup only happens every four years. You're all excited. You, you make yeah yeah buy your plane tickets you got all this stuff you go into the games and now you can't even have a beer at the game um this, <laughs> this was ridiculous when when they came out with this news uh i feel bad for the people that went out there my people the ecuadorian people were chanting we want beer during the game the other day um and it's not safe if you get caught drinking a beer somewhere <laughs> where you're not supposed to be you're like britney grider buddy you, you may never come back so um, I, they got to be cow of the week for this decision and for announcing it so late. Like if, they, if this was their policy, okay, that's one thing I, I understand. You know, they have different rules and everything over there. But say that from the beginning. Say, let people know up front before they've already, some of them probably already in the country finding out about it. Um, that, that's got to be a, a pretty big kick in the nuts if you're a fan of that team, right? If you're going to these games. Yeah, because I think Budweiser like shelled out a, a boatload of money to to be the official beer sponsor. I saw like the picture of all the beer they had like flown in there, or whatever. That's like staged. That now is just sitting there. And I saw some guy post today after the U.S. Uh, tied Wales. Uh, nothing. This must be what hell's like a one-one tied of Wales drinking two, uh, two Bud Freeze or whatever they're called, whatever the, the Bud Zeros, whatever the non-alcoholic version is. Um, yeah, that's just terrible. 
at least to your point, declare in advance, hey, we're not going to be selling booze. We're not going to be doing this. Um, apparently, you can buy it outside of the stadium, though, but you just can't buy it in the stadiums. Have I read something like that correctly? I'm not even really sure. Um, but apparently, that's what you can do. Certain spots. Maybe I think only in the hotels or something. I don't think you could just walk around the streets out there with, with beer. So that's a tough situation there. Would you even want to go? <laughs> like, if you couldn't drink beers at the UCF games, would you even go? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would. I would still figure that out. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a nice added bonus, but I would st- I'd still figure it out. I mean, yeah. I've I've contemplated like if I had to bring the kids up there or whatever, and my wife's not there, and I'm driving there and back. Obviously, I'm gonna have to keep my intake to a minimum. So I've prepared well, myself for events such as that. The first few years of the stadium, they did not sell beer, and I was there, so I guess that kind of answers the question. Those day, I remember those days, man. You get so hammered at the tailgate, and then you're screaming, and then you have a hangover in the third quarter. <laughs> My head is just pounding, but I haven't had a beer. Uh, if you at least if you're able to keep drinking, you delay that feeling until after the game or the next morning. But uh, it sucks going to a game not having being able to have a drink. I feel bad for those people, and um, you know it is what it is. And then also, I mean, the whole world cup, the the soccer is got to be like up there with boxing with the fix, right? Especially with where yes. this country is, uh, the country that's running this thing, because. Ecuador got screwed out of that first goal last. And I keep saying this, but I really have no idea if it was a good call or a bad call because I don't watch any soccer to even know the rules. But it seems like they got screwed out of that first goal the other day, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess in theory, I'm sure. But it luckily, it doesn't come down to math. Although I guess it could matter in, in goal differential. Yeah. But soccer officiating is the most maddening thing on earth. Again, if you watch the U.S. game today, uh, there were certainly uh, several times where uh, a yellow card was was brought out. At other times, where it wasn't. They were stopping the match anytime someone was injured, yet Pulisic got hurt on like the last run, and they didn't let him continue to go, <laughs> and they didn't stop the match for that. Soccer officiating is by far the most maddening uh, of any of the officiating uh, that goes on out there. Yeah, they- and then, and then the whole time at the end, nobody knows how much time is left in the game except for the ref, and you can just blow it dead at any time. Um, I don't know. I, I watch the games every four years. Actually, I didn't watch it at all four years ago because the United States was not in it, and Ecuador was not in it either. I put the game on yesterday in the morning at 11 o'clock. Ecuador was playing, and my daughter comes out. She goes, you're watching soccer? I've never seen you watch soccer. And I go, you know what? That's probably because – the last time I watched soccer, you were in board. She's about to turn nine. Um, she was one eight years ago when I was watching the U.S. and Ecuador in the World Cup. And then before that, it was uh, my other daughter, before my other daughter was born. So it's been a long time. But I see how people get into it. It, it can be exciting. Even though that first half today was just a snooze fest. And so like the last, when the U.S. actually scored, there were like no shots on goal. The, the closest they came to scoring was when, they almost had an own goal. The guy almost headed it right into the goalie, right? That would have been fantastic early on. Yeah, that would have been a nice, uh, nice little ball. I'm not gonna lie to you though, Mike. As I've gotten older, soccer's replaced baseball as like my my third favorite sport. So I would typically always watch uh, football, basketball, and baseball. Soccer's replaced that MLS, and and I don't watch a ton of the Premier League, but anytime there's some sort of an international competition on, it's the Gold Cup. Um, you know, if it's obviously uh, something uh, something in Europe, I, I've actually found myself watching more soccer of late. Obviously, my daughter's into soccer, so that helps a little bit too. But I enjoy a nice soccer match. Here's why I enjoy soccer. You know why? Because it's always the exact time it's supposed to be. 
Like a baseball game could start and you never know what's going to end. A soccer, it's going to go 90, 95, 97 minutes, you know, in and out. There's nothing else. There's nothing else that happens. Football game, you never know what's going to start. The game kicked off today at 2 o'clock. By 4 o'clock, it was over. Every single time you can you can set your watch to it, you know exactly what's going to happen. Unless it's like a final where you got to go to PKs and then you got to add some time. But any other match, 90 minutes in and out. Well, today they added another 12 minutes to the game. Yeah, but again, so, all right, 92 minutes. Well, it's not it, but 102 <laughs> minutes in and out. Like, you, you know your, you know the time frame that you're going to be in there. You can set your watch to it. There's no commercial breaks. Yeah. There's none of this stuff. Like, it's in, it's out, it's over. You enjoy the game. You're probably in the edge of your seat for a long time, and then it's over, and you can move on with your life. That's what I like. No commercials. I mean, you just play the thing straight through. There's no stopping. And it's not like football where – you know, you score a touchdown, you go to commercial, you come back, you kick off, you go to commercial, you come back again, two minute warning, you go to commercial. Sometimes there's eight commercials within like 40 seconds of actual game time. So soccer does have that as, as one thing going for it. But um, there's a couple things they can clean up to make it a little better. And the whole stoppage time and the injuries, we got the, the flopping is a little too much sometimes. Um, you, you, you bring the card out and all of a sudden the guy just pops up and starts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do like, I do like yeah. the card. Out. Yeah. That's uh, a good trick. So, uh, but it's exciting. It's exciting. And I'll keep watching as long as my teams keep winning and they're staying in it. So that can look good in the first game or match. I'm sorry. I got to call it. You got to use the proper lingo. First match. Yeah, you're here. so bitter about the lingo. What's wrong? <laughs> what's, 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 why are you so bitter about the lingo? I'm not bitter. I think, I think it's funny. Actually, of those choices I posted, my favorite one is set piece. I like seeing set piece. I, uh, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but uh, it's a it's a called play. It's like a, it's like a football yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, like you, you're they're set and they're running a little play. It's a set piece. I get it. It's just, the one uh, I don't like the most that I always feel weird about doing is pitch. That's the only one where I feel like I deserve to be hit in the face. <laughs> if I'm like, hey, they're on the pitch. I think kid is fine because it's just jersey. Nil, it's it's just a number. What are you gonna do? Uh, set piece, it's a technical thing. Pitch is the one where if I use that one, I do feel like a little bit of a douche. What, what is another one? Those are the top four that came to my head. Is there more? I mean, there's a. I actually had one today in my tweet. Good ball. Uh, anytime it's a it's a good pass or good kick, you say it's a good ball right there. Um, that's a, that's another one. Touches. It's a light touch or something. Heavy touch, a light touch, a good first touch there. Yeah, I mean, touches <laughs> the other good one. But that's again, that's like basketball. It's like dribble or something. Um, pitches. Pitches the one that I feel like I I deserve to be hit in the face. Right. All right. Well, we'll all get to enjoy it for a few weeks here and it's during the football season which is a little this is, yeah this is abysmal right this the, the, for those who aren't aware this is usually a summer tournament but because uh fifa is the most corrupt organization in the world they just stole a bunch of money from qatar and uh they played this thing in the middle of the winter so it makes for a great calendar though i mean again if you're a sports fan obviously you had that you had the match today uh then you're gonna have uh if you're a football fan like mike and i you got giants cowboys on thanksgiving playing each other Friday, you got U.S. England. Saturday, you have the Cows uh, UCF game. Obviously, a bunch of other college football games and rivalry week. Sunday, you got some basketball. Obviously, with UCF, but you have another NFL football slate. Mike, it's a nice little sports weekend if you're so inclined. I like that the game started early, so they give you something that was before. So it didn't even interfere with the NFL on Sunday. Ecuador was that yeah. started at eleven, it was over by one, and then you watch straight into uh, NFL games. So that's cool. Thanksgiving, Friday. there's a game, right? Brazil plays on Thanksgiving, I think. I think so. Friday's going to be a trick because I think what Tulane and Cincy kick off at noon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, USA England, I think, is at two. So you may have to work two TVs at that point if you want to keep an eye on both. I, I, I suspect the Cincinnati game will still be going on before the U.S. game ends. Uh, so um, uh, you have to keep two TVs on for that. They but may both cool. be coming down to crunch time at the same time. 
Yeah, two TVs. It's about almost a four-hour football game. Uh, around three, three thirty, you you can be I mean, second nice half soccer, fourth quarter of Cincinnati game. Um, what you're going? I mean, the sound is on the the soccer, right? For me, yeah, I'm gonna go soccer main TV, and then uh, I'll bring the little one in from the garage. That'll be the uh, the Cincy game. Now, do you listen to it in English or in Spanish? Um, you know what? I can do either. Obviously, I don't understand the Spanish as much, but I mean, I think I pick up the key words. I do find it more authentic to listen to the Spanish broadcast. Um, but today, I, I don't know. I don't know how much you know about uh, soccer and, and life in general, Mike. But today, uh, the announcer in the U.S. version was uh, a guy named Stu Holden. Who sounds just like Mary Carrillo, the tennis announcer, and it throws me off every single solitary time. So I actually was I was messaging Elo. I actually may go to Univision. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I watched the Ecuador game on Univision. That's the best way to do it. And the goal calls yeah. are the best. Um, I was at work during the USA game today, so I used the app, the Fox app, and I was listening to it in English. Yeah. Um, but I, if I have the choice, even though I'm my Spanish is not very good, I can understand some things here and there. I, I've not bad. I can understand a decent amount, but th definitely not everything. And they speak way too fast for me to keep up sometimes. Plus, the, like, I don't know the players' names. I don't know who any of the guys are. So when they throw names out there, it's whatever. But um, it's a more enjoyable thing, I think, in Spanish. It is. And either, either – well, Spanish is fine too because, again, just like you, I don't understand many of the words either. But – Soccer gives a big tell when something gets close, the voice gets louder. And that's when you know to turn around or really like pay attention. If you're like looking at your phone or something and you hear the announcer's voice get louder, something's about to happen, right? So, no matter what language you're in. So that's how you know to look up and then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't understand. I was doing, I was making my goal call at the same time. And I was trying to outlast, uh, I forget the guy's name now. He's uh, very famous, but Andres uh, Cantor, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Cantor. There you go. And my goal calls were lasting longer than his. Is he losing a, a step? Is he losing? A, he's old. Well, can I get into that? So I'm glad you brought that up. That actually segues me to my cow of the week. Uh, so uh, I have a few different options here, but I'm going to go. My cow of the week are the um, the my fellow parents of the uh, the Nice High School Junior Varsity Soccer Team. Like, okay, so my my lovely daughter Addison is on the uh, JV soccer team. And uh, these things are rackets, first of all. But you have to, as a parent, you have to volunteer to to be a part of something. Like, you have to run the concession stand, right? You have to sign up for days and events. And obviously, you don't want to sign up for the event while your kid is playing. So you have to sign up for the varsity game. Well, that's after the JV game or vice versa, right? So it's very inconvenient. What are you going to do? So wife and I are like, when are we signing up for these things? Well, I don't, when are we going to do this? And, uh, and coach sent out a message and said, basically, hey, we need an in-stadium announcer. Someone to, you know, sort of, you know, be the in-stadium announcer. And I was like, I got you covered. If I do this for a few games, can I get out of the concession stand? And he was like, yeah, find a problem. So I got us, family, us out of the concession stand, right? So I uh, had my first game last week, right? And it's a very, it's so JV soccer, by the way, there's like 14 people total in the crowd uh, and 12 of them, obviously it's, I'm only announcing for the home team. So 12 of them are on our side of the home team and it's really quiet. So I want to get everybody kind of, you know, kind of amped up. Right. So I go down before the game and all the parents are sitting there, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to try this thing. Um, you know, kind of UCF style when, whenever we score, I'm going to say, and that's another niece Panthers. And then you guys all yell goal, right? I thought we had this thing worked out, Mike. So sure enough, we actually beat this team five nil. Right. So if, you know, first score goes in, 
in and that's another knees panthers not a peep from anybody <laughs> not a not a word from the crowd so i was like okay you know what first time they're rusty didn't happen right second goal here we go again that's another knees pant nothing like so here i am up there one man band up in the booth just trying to entertain a nation here and uh, i got no participation from the parents it's all gonna be on me mike i have to carry this entire thing all season long i'm prepared for that but i was hoping i'd get some audience interaction i got nothing but you gotta say the call too you gotta say goal and then they they that's how it catches on like yeah when they do the first down call they don't not say he's still first first down and i i still said the goal but i'm i'm like listening for the rest of the and nothing (laughs) right and and so it's a dead quiet stadium so all you can hear is my voice like reverberating throughout like the greater pontevedra area i didn't want to do so it's hard because they don't want me to do like play by play so it's not like in there the ball passes up like so i can't do that right so i have to like wait for the action to happen uh and then i can i can do my uh my, my thing um but they're all guy was also like, hey, listen, you know, we're also trying not to piss off the other team and be like super obnoxious. I'm like, I can't promise you anything, buddy. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Like, you give me a microphone, I turn this thing on, you get what you get. So, uh, so far after game one, not happy with my fellow niece, uh, niece Panthers uh, parents here. I'm going to need a little bit more support out of them. Yeah. You got to, I mean, I, I like to see the go, 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 go. Yep. One of those. Yeah. yeah. And then bring it into a long one. I'm I'm willing to try anything. I've asked the girls. Uh, I, so I had um, Addison. I said, "Give me the nicknames of all the girls. Like I want I want the nickname. Like you know, so when they score a goal, you're allowed to say their name, right? So I want I want like the the funny nickname or something. Like I want a little a little, little flavor to it, you know? That'd be cool. They have but so far. The they don't have gold songs. Like the Florida Panthers, right? Yeah. Hockey last year and for years now, they had a, a goal song. Every every hockey team has their own song when they score a goal. This year they changed it, so now each individual player has their own goal song, kind of like in baseball. Like people come up to bat, they have the, an individual song. You can't play. Yeah, music. I, don't know if, I don't know. I'd never actually. So they they have a pregame music, which is really just some guy's phone and an aux cord. Uh, and so in theory, I guess I could. That's a lot of buttons to push. So I gotta. I also have to control the scoreboard. So I'm in charge of the scoreboard, in charge of the announcing. <laughs> One, and then you wait another thirty. But I gotta get. I gotta get it quickly. I gotta make sure the clock is running the right time. If the ref calls something, I gotta be able to respond. The to clock that. doesn't stop. It's they stop, in, they stop in high school. Every now and again, they will stop the clock for a water break or something like they do. They do clock stop. It's just uh, plus I then have the roster and I have to. So the other problem is the the their home jerseys are um, they're black and the letters and the numbers are dark green. So it's like impossible to see like what jersey oh, number it is. So I've got to like figure out like who the hell scored that goal. And I always feel bad if I can't figure it out. And I'm like, that's a goal. And then I've got nothing because I'm sure that's like the one time that girls ever scored. And she wants to hear her name throughout the stadium. And here I am like trying to figure out, was that six or eight? And I don't know anybody. So uh, yeah, that's a tough call. When in doubt, just say it's your daughter scoring. <laughs> yeah, I, that's also, that's also fair. Another goal. That's also, six on the day. <laughs> that's also, that, that's also a possibility. Yeah. So a lot, a lot's going on up there, Mike. So yeah. <laughs> You're like now you and Edison are like Holton Aylers in his bed. I mean, you know, <laughs> well, I the whole time. I don't uh, know about all that. I mean, look, I'm gonna tell you it's Jeff Sharon better watch out. I mean, now he's got that expose and the blades of grass and the paint. If something doesn't happen, <laughs> Mike, watch out. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, the paint in the end zone, the, the part of the field that we don't use anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think there's an issue. I can't wait for part two of that expose. But I mean, so cow of the week is my fellow parents who don't seem to be getting in on the trick. My wife uh, recommended I print out like uh, like cards, like play cards and hand them out to the parents. That way they understand what I'm going to do. I don't know. 
<laughs> All right. The lengthy email, maybe. <laughs> a sternly worded email uh, chastising them for, uh, for not picking up on, uh, on what's happening there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a lot of pressure up there too, but how many games have you done so far? Uh, one, one, one. All right. So yeah, this catches on that. These things don't catch on first game. Yeah. It's got to happen. And then the next week, all you need is one person in the stands to get go along with you. Then two yeah. people. And and look, I'm not going to say the varsity announcer is bad, but this guy's bad. Like, I have a feeling in no time they're going to be like, hey, can you just stay for the varsity game? I have a feeling in no time. Oh, I'm not saying this guy's not good, good, but that's what I'm, I'm not saying this guy, good. but, you know, football season, do they want me, you know, calling the football? I don't know, Mike. I mean, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't know. All of a sudden, Busy you have man. a full-time job. It's too much work now. Now, you tell them if they want you to call the varsity games, your daughter's got to move up to the varsity team. That's the only way you're doing it. Then you negotiate, and then you get her on the big on the big squad. Okay. I like where your head's at. I like your head's at. I'm going to try that tactic with uh, – all about politics. On. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, yeah, rough show, man. At least we got through it, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, like I said, I hate doing these stupid shows. After a loss, um, some people have been posting – Oh, I can't wait to hear you guys and what you're going to say. I hate it. I hate it. I don't like preparing for it. I, I actually didn't prepare for any of it. I didn't. I barely looked at the stats. I didn't want to go back and watch any of the plays from the game. I just want to move on from them, from that game, and hopefully enjoy a nice Saturday night against the Cows one last time in Tampa. Yeah, it's a it's a swift uh, kick in the shins. Uh, obviously, uh, everything kind of imploded on us on this one, and that's uh, that's not that's not good. There's still some paths forward, although they're long, winding, and uh, confusing, and require us to get a lot of help. Uh, so we'll see what that uh, what that is. But none of that can happen until we beat the cows on Saturday, which should be our next next course of action. Uh, schedule update. So live show, depending on when you're listening to this. If you- which is probably most likely because I'm not going to put it out till Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday night this evening, then, Sons of UCF Live will be on. So a special Tuesday, 8 p.m. edition. Wednesdays as men's basketball. Thursday is Thanksgiving. Friday is Friday. So uh, Sons of UCF Live Tuesday this week. So adjust your calendars accordingly. I think we're also going to do another UCF XOS breakdown. That should be out sometime midweek as well. Maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel for that. Again, Tuesday, me, Mike Trace, live show, 8 p.m. Twitter, uh, YouTube, maybe Facebook, uh, maybe Twitter. I don't know if these things are around still, Mike. I'm not sure which platform's going away by the day here. But uh, if you're subscribed to YouTube, you can uh, you can find us there. Um, and that'll be a fun one. I don't know who we have on the show yet, by the way. All right. I never know until the day of when Trey sends out the uh, the email in the morning. I'll figure it out then. I guess we're going to have a cow guy on. We've had a guy from every team I do so know far. a cow guy is scheduled, yes. Yeah. It's not Torello again. What was that? Uh, uh, no. No, he doesn't cover the cows oh. anymore. He got like a real job. All right. <laughs> Good for him. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. We'll have some fun with it the last time we get to interact with these guys for a while at least so that's it yeah all right well again tuesday live show if we don't see you at tuesday obviously the replay is always available if not everybody have a happy thanksgiving usually we do some sort of thanksgiving theme too mike we're not even i haven't in for that anymore no depressing. yeah it was depressing um but you know thursday will come around and we'll get back in the in the mood for football and maybe we'll come up with some some way to interact with you guys about Thanksgiving and then uh, get ready for the game on Saturday. 
It's a sickness, my friends, but we're glad you're along for the ride with us. As always, take care of each other. Have a fantastic week. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. We'll talk soon. Go Knights. Charge on. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.